Digital Gonzo episode 100, dated Thursday the 20th of September 2012, the 10 most important games of our generation. to our centennial episode and have we got a show for you tonight. Here to discuss this weighty topic, I have chosen four men of wit and wisdom well studied in the field and well respected by all who know them. From one of the smartest gaming podcasts to ever grace this internet, Big Red Potion, now sadly defunct, but working for Joystick. And returning to Gonzo after 58 episodes and just shy of a year, Mr. Sinan Kuba. Wow, has it been that long? That's, yeah. that's crazy. It was flawed gems last time you were on. Oh, that's what I like to think of myself as, except <laughs> like more heavy on the floor. But yeah, hello. Very nice to be back. Welcome back. Uh, from Game Burst, the Ninja Fat Pigeons and the aforementioned Big Red Potion, one of the most objective, mature and thoughtful chaps that I know, the real ale fancying Mr. Gary's anterior blower. Oh, it's very kind of you. I'm flattered. I'm blushing here. From Canem Rince, he's Scottish, he's clever, he likes Harry Potter, Charles Dickens and zombies. A man I wish was on Gonzo more often, Mr. James I Want for Differ Carter. Uh, well, thank you. It's, it's a pleasure to have you back on. And it frankly wouldn't be a celebration of my podcasting history without one of my oldest and dearest friends, a man who just also happens to know a thing or two about games, and is crucially able to distance himself from his own personal tastes to make a statement. Apple Sorcerer, Mr. Paul Shotton. Ah, uh, yeah, I knew you'd get an apple joke in there <laughs> When you die, I will ensure there is an apple engraved on your tombstone. I, I, I will be buried with whatever the iPhone is at the time. And then we'll have to keep digging you up every year. To renew it, yes. <laughs> okay, right. Now, serious heads on, folks. Seriously, because before we start the show, I'm just going to lay down the fact that October is going to be the Gonzo Planet Annual Donation Month. We did this very successfully for two years at Digital Cowboys, and I purposefully decided against doing so last year, since that beloved podcast ended, and I didn't want to ask you guys to support a show that hadn't truly come into its own yet. But I'm asking now. There's a figure for how much Gonzo Planet costs to run per year, and I'm confident we can reach that figure very soon. If you just joined us from the Avatar podcast, maybe wait until next year's fundraiser and let me impress you with my output that you consider to be worthwhile first. But if you're one of my core cool audience who stuck with me when the Cowboys rode into the sunset and I rode back, then now is the time to show you care about this podcast. A mere quid from everyone would more than cover my costs. The PayPal button should be now on the Gonzo Planet website, which will also actually be getting an overhaul in the next few weeks. Paul Flying Mutley Gibson and I are hard at work reformatting the site to make it more accessible and fun for everyone with a brand new and more elegant theme. Make sure you hit the PayPal button and not the GamesAid button or your donation will go to charity instead. 
So think about the past year. Pull out your digital wallets and let me just say a few words. 2012, Bond, Predator, Potter, Thrones, Alien, Batman, Avatar, Breakdown. 2013, Firefly, Rings, Indy, Spidey, Terminator, Robocop, Galactica, Breakdown 2. Worth a quid? Or if you'd rather not donate but you still want to do something nice, jump onto iTunes and leave the show a cheerful review. Enough of those will mount up and get this great podcast that I'm so very proud of listened to by more and more good, lovely people like yourselves. That's all. I'll ask you again for the next couple of episodes and we're square for another year. Okay. Now that's done. Let's define two things. One is the definition of this generation. Okay, there have been seven console generations so far. Now, I'm going to test the knowledge of my uh, guests here. Uh, can anyone tell me um, the main consoles that were in Generation 1? Just call out. Oh, my God, you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> no one no gen- wants to venture a guess, I think, it's safe to say. Come on. I think that play Pog, I Sorry, don't know. Uh, Atari 2600? Uh, no, that was Generation 2. Uh, ColocoVision? ColecoVision? In television? Generation 2. In television? In television? Generation 2. Oh, I see, okay. Okay, Generation 1, apparently, Magnavox Odyssey. Mm. Ah. Uh, there's the Coleco Telstar, the Nintendo Color TV game. It wasn't even really... I mean, people didn't even register that this was happening at that point. Uh, and then, as you guys have so rightly pointed out, the Intellivision, ColecoVision, uh, Atari 2600, uh, the Atari 5200, and also, anyone else for, for Generation 2? Fairchild Semiconductor? Of course. That sounds totally made up. That sounds like a component used in one of the others, to be honest. <laughs> okay. Sounds like a 70s band. Okay. Club <laughs> rock, of course. Season. Yeah, absolutely. Generation 3. Now, this is when we were all alive, apart from Gary, who was alive for the other two, but I'm assuming <laughs> really gaming. <clears throat> Um, yeah, you wanted to stay on the show, right? Of course. Here's our older and better. I nearly had a 2600. I ended up getting one from this next generation instead. I had so, yeah. EcoVision when I was a kid. That was great. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, right, so, okay, generation three, when, when people started noticing consoles. I, yeah, okay, I would Need say it. it's going to be, I mean, non-consoles in this country, it's going to be the Spectrum 48K, Commodore 64. You know what? I haven't actually listed all the home personal computers. There were just too damn many. Yeah, but I mean, of of those ilk, so you can have dragons and all that kind of stuff. Um, I would say uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System. Correct. The Famicom or whatever it was. Master System. System. It was indeed called the Famicom in Japan, and yes, the Master System. Oh, there was one thing that actually came before the Master System that was kind of the proto Master System. Sega. Oh, I know the thing you mean. SG-1000. Yeah, I've never seen one, but yeah. It's a white and blue stripy thingy. Um, another Atari thing? Um, there was the 7200, wasn't there? I'm not sure whether they count that. We've got to be in the Amiga time as well, Amiga 500. That's now. next gen. I'm not actually, again, not counting the home computers too many, yeah. but uh, Atari 7800, That's and cool. also a certain handheld came out in 89. Game Boy. Game Boy. Game Boy changed a lot of things. I wonder what um, we, where we would put Game & Watch. I think Game & Watch is probably the generation before. before it's yeah. actually listed. If you go onto Wikipedia, it has Game & Watches on there. I can't remember which gen it was on. Because I know 
because I've got quite a few. I know they they sort of started about seventy eight, but went through till quite late. Right. You know, sort of eighty eight, eighty nine. Yeah. Okay. Well, from the sounds of it, they kind of span multiple generations. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you consider them last gen, you know, because yeah. they were just a battery and a watch, basically. But yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, generation four. This is when I properly joined in. I, I had a master system already, but this is when I suddenly really got into games. So Mega Drive, Stroke Genesis. Yep. Snes. Yep. Game Gear. Um, I didn't list the Game Gear, but yeah, Game Gear. Atari Lynx was in this generation, I guess. Again. That- yep. Yep. That would have been that one. Uh, PC Engine. Oh, right, yeah, of course. Turbo Graphics 16. And there was also a really, really bloody expensive. Neo one. Geo. Correct, sir. Neo Geo. Game Boy Color? Game Boy Color, yeah. Actually, that might have been. No, that was the tail end of the 90s, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, let, let's let's pre- keep Game Boy Color on the fence at that point. Definitely Game Boy Pocket, mm-hmm. but I don't know about Game Boy Color. Uh, Generation 5. N64. Yep. Um, Saturn. Oh, yep. on the previous gen, I'd have chucked in CD32 as well, maybe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, actually, I think I seem to remember seeing that in Where's the Where's that Commodore, si- Commodore 64 console come into it, then? Um, <laughs> that would have been, the, Commodore, that would have been the, the same ilk as yeah. Commodore 64. Okay, we've, we've had... So, someone said Saturn. Yeah, yeah that was me, yeah. Uh, N64. There's a rather important PlayStation. one. PlayStation. PlayStation, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's two others, complete failures. Um, oh, Neo Geo? Uh, no, that was the, uh, that was the one previous before. one. I think, yeah, the Neo Geo had a different kind of system. Though, Jaguar. Jaguar. Oh, yeah. And there's also the 3DO. Oh, God, yeah, of course. Remember them from Games Master? Yeah. Okay, uh, next next generation. PS2. One off, yep, PS2. One Dreamcast. Off get Dreamcast. Dreamcast. Xbox. Xbox. Carry Handle. GameCube. Yeah, GameCube. GameCube. And I'm also including GBA on yeah, that Game one. Yeah, Game Boy Advance, I'd say. Yeah. And uh, then this generation, uh, Generation 7. Yeah, so PSP, DS, yep. 360, PS3, yep. Wii. Yep. Uh, on live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, on live, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've also listed smartphone because ultimately, phone. I mean, like previous generation, we could feasibly count the N-Gage and some... Yeah, I was going to say N-Gage. Where does the N-Gage only, fit into little, this? <laughs> little useless factory, the only time I've worked in worked properly in game development was on the N-Gage. The N-Gage. Embarrassingly. When I worked for Orange. Yeah, I, you know, I co... Well, I worked on one of the projects that wrote a game for it. I swear when uh, Chris O'Regan was on our episode 92, which you were on, Paul, he yeah. said something on the lines of N-Gage is coming back. <laughs> Well, it was a platform probably, at that point, I'm wasn't it? I'm misquoting him. At the, yeah, that was it. I think I'm misquoting him, but uh, he'll remember something like that. Yeah, and no, I remember. The, I remember the conversation. Yeah, it was, de- it was definitely along those lines. There's one other that I've listed here. It's a handheld guy who ran the company crashed a very. Oh, the thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh God. Gizmondo. Gizmondo. Yeah, That's how long this generation's lasted. How long ago was that? Like. 2006? Okay. Now, I could rigidly stick to the idea of console generations and say it started the day the Xbox 360, uh, the first of the big three consoles, launched. And that was November 22nd, 2005. But why be so strict? The PC is an open platform, and this generational moniker does not apply. Handhelds, too, are somewhat exempt from this since the Nintendo DS launched on November 21st, 2004, one year earlier, so by the strictest standards was part of the PS2 generation. However, its massive influence uh, was felt throughout the following years. 
So what we're really talking about here is mid to late 2005 to around the point when the Nintendo Wii U launches this November 28th in North America, signifying the start of a new generation of consoles. However, Gary, you made some really important comments on emails earlier today, so if you want to clarify that, because I think we need to sort of broaden this spectrum here. Yeah, if you read the Wikipedia definition to start with, it's quite clear that each generation is not defined by a set of dates, or even by... Um, as some people have said, each generation is defined by the Nintendo console because they're the only one that's consistently Brilliant. brought one what out. About the first two generations, exactly. So it doesn't work, and depending on the, uh, you know, the generation, as you just said, there's there's a, there's a great deal of variance, particularly between different platforms or different um, uh, genres. Um, so what I said was a, a simpler definition is that a, a generation is defined by. The, the video game platforms that represent that generation rather than dates. Yeah. So this generation is basically made up of Nintendo DS, PSP, Wii 360, uh, PS3. So anything, any game who, that was released primarily on those platforms, that was the target platform for it, I say is, is seventh generation. Now with PCs, there is an argument that says that you know, PCs are ubiquitous and they go through time, but PCs do have a definite generational gap, mm-hmm. and it's based around the the Windows operating system because um, Windows X, Windows 2000, Windows XP were both actually version five of Windows, and Windows Vista and Windows Seven are actually both version six of Windows, even though it's called Windows Seven. Right. Um, and there is a massive difference between those two. And if you go back through time, all the way back to MS DOS, there are these big gravitational changes in the operating system. So I think you can define the PC generations the same way. So this generation PC, this generation of PC games would be any game that was released um, for Windows Vista or Windows 7 or since Windows Vista came out, which I think is about 2006. So it does kind of line up with the yeah, others as the, well. Yeah, the, the release cycle for Windows is typically about there three is years. There is definite so. incompatibility between... Um, Vista X, Win, Windows 7 and Vista and XP2000, they are, in many ways, there's a lot of differences, which means that you do get that generational boundary, what would, what would qualify it as being a generation. Yeah. Um, so that's where I would, I would say that that's where, you know, if, you, if you're classifying PC games, that's where they sit. Where it gets trickier is with, as you said, with, with smartphones. And I don't actually think we've reached a generational boundary yet on those. I think we're, we're still iterating on the first yeah. generation of those. Um, unless you count things like Symbian and stuff, um, which would probably be considered last gen. Um, and, um, I mean, iOS as a gaming platform has only been around since, what, 2008, I think? or Yeah, that's when the App, the app Store launched, yeah. I guess so we're not, it was actually quite young. And then if you look at Android and um, and, the, and the other OS, mobile OSs... Windows, phone and things like they're, that. They're, again, they're very mature. So I think that they are still seventh generation. And we haven't yet reached a point where... Uh, iOS or Android has made that, you know, boundary shift to a new OS that's different from the previous right. one. So that's where I would define it. So uh, if it's a DS, PSP, 360, PS, um, Wii, uh, whatever other one I missed out there, <laughs> um, <clears throat> if it's a game that came out on those, or if it's a game that came out on Windows for Vista or Windows 7, then it's seventh generation. I anticipate some strongly worded emails about this, and. All I'll say is that if we're too strict on exact dates, then we must overlook some very important games. Also, if you want to really split hairs, we entered the 8th generation on the release of the Nintendo 3DS in February 2011. We're already in the 8th generation. 
So that would make the Wii, uh, like the Wii U, should technically be uh, eighth generation by that definition. 3DS and the Vita, because the Vita sure as hell isn't last generation, is it? And yeah. as yet, uh, unnamed Microsoft and Sony machines. Yeah. So, um, Sinem, what, what about what do you say about that? It's difficult, isn't it? Because um, the Wii U, in terms of power and capabilities, is comparable to this generation. So, yeah. where where does it sit? I don't think generations are defined by the technology per se, but by the contemporaries. So, so yeah, I mean, otherwise the Wii U, the original Wii, would yeah. be technically bound to the previous generation. And it's the same so with hand, handhelds. You, you, you'd, you'd say the same about handhelds, because basically a 3DS is as capable as a, um, I don't know, a GameCube. So, um, you know, it, it, the, the technology argument doesn't stack up. It, the generations are defined, really, by... Um, the platforms that were available for that period of time, so yeah. they're the competing platforms that are there. Because once one, when, once uh, Nintendo released a new console, they basically quietly retire the old one, and that then starts yeah. their next generation of that machine, regardless of what power it has. Um, and I would argue that the Wii U is actually is next generation because it it is going to be. I know a lot of people are saying it's not, but it is going to be a significant step up in capabilities in terms of both interaction and also in uh, graphical power because of the additional memory it's got. So I don't think there's going to be a huge gap between Wii U and what comes from the other suppliers um, that we've seen this generation because at the end of the day, 1080p graphics are 1080p graphics. You know, they're not... You can add extra physics and a few extra whizzy-bang bits, but it's not going to be a massive difference like it was previously. Uh, Any more on that, Sinan? No, I think Zan's probably pretty much right. I mean, I just think I, I'd, I'd say to play devil's advocate, you could argue that the Wii had motion control as its next-generation technology, mm-hmm. um, and then where does you? Well, I suppose you'd say the Wii U has its tablet as its, but then that's not really because we've already had it. So it gets complicated. Yeah. It's messy, and it's not particularly I, interesting. <laughs> well, you could say that we technically already had motion control in, in crudest terms in the form of the iToy, which is the previous gen. Absolutely, very so. true. You're just kind of refined on, on an idea from that one. The next gen is going to be a bit weird because I think it's going to be more about services than it's going to be about technical prowess. Yeah. I've I got a funny feeling that what we get, I mean, this is looking ahead, but I've got a funny feeling that what we get from the other manufacturers is not going to be a massive leap forwards, but there's going to be a lot more stuff about connected services and connected devices. They'll go, yeah, it's, it's going to be lots of, like, you can view, watch TV and, oh, yeah, by the way, you can play some games on it occasionally. Well. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I anticipate. Particularly even one of them, yeah. Yeah, hmm, who would that be? So. <laughs> um, uh, James, you've been very, very quiet so far. What do you think? Um, yeah, I've just been listening. I think I think it's right to say that um, this generation sort of marked a point where it wasn't a, a technology race so much as um, even though Microsoft and Sony had technically more powerful consoles in the seventh generation, they were still trying to play catch-up with what Nintendo were doing in some ways. Not in all ways, obviously, because their online services outstrip Nintendo. But in terms of motion control, both Microsoft and Sony went back almost to fill in that gap uh, in what they were offering over the Wii. So clearly they are competitors to the Wii, and now the Wii U is the first of what is going to be a competitor with, well, probably in a year's time, Microsoft and Sony. So yeah, I think... Gary's absolutely spot on. We, we can't draw lines in terms of technology because, it, well, a, again, you know, plenty of people who are fans of the PlayStation 3 would argue that it is superior technology to the 360, and would that really be comparable? And, mm. 
and because of the high software. End PCs are, are more technical. Yeah, yeah. So they're separate again, but because of the software that's on them, they are contemporaries. They are competitors in the market. So yeah. you have to go with that. I think. Okay, so we've got kind of a rough idea of the of the, of the years. Then it's still when roundabout, basically from from the DS onwards, which includes the operating systems on the computers that came out around that. Well, time. I think yeah, I think you're looking at early 2005 for right. for handhelds. You're looking at late 2005 for consoles, and you're looking yeah. at mid 2006 for PC. But I, like you said, there's there's a there's a bit of flexibility in that. Mm. But I think it's whatever the lead platform was for that game. That's the thing mm. to look at. Uh, in terms of uh, when it goes up to today, simple as that. Because yep. if we're going to talk about a game that's going to come out tomorrow, it doesn't matter. So it's up to today. Suck on that, Borderlands 2. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, but that could be the most important game of this generation. <laughs> <laughs> if it is, we'll talk about it in Digital Gonzo. Well, yeah, we'll, up, we'll update, we'll reinsert the conversation into the episode at a later date. We'll, turns we'll out get it into Borderlands 2. <laughs> we'll get into this a little bit later, obviously, but um, we, we still therefore have a little bit of a grey area because um, when you talk about games that the lead platform, well, I think specifically of Splinter Cell Double Agent, that actually had two different games made, yeah. one for Xbox 360 and the other one for PS2. Yeah, it's the same yeah. with Just Cause was the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's no real lead platform there. Um, but having said that, games being released now, are they really going to define this generation or are they going to go on to have more of an impact on the next generation? Uh, yeah, I think... I think um Actually, that leads us on to a very neat yeah. one regarding uh, a certain tail end of the last generation, but we'll talk about that just after this next thing to define. The next thing to define, number two, is what does important mean? Okay, here is what important it to this generation does not mean. One, it sold a bajillion units, more in fact than any other game ever. Call of Duty Black Ops, FIFA 13, 12, 11, 10, whatever. Not important. Two, I like it. By that I mean it may be your favourite game in the world. That does not make it important. Mark of the Ninja, for me right now, is my favourite game in the world. In fact, several games on the proposed top ten I would personally consider to be nigh on unplayable. Three, it's brilliant. It has a fantastic Metacritic rating. Just because every critic recognises its quality does not make it important enough to hit this list. Uncharted 2 garnered 96% and sold 3.8 million copies. I adore it, as does almost everyone else who has played it, apart from people who hate the combat. And it's not even on the list of contenders. Four, innovation. Now, this is the big one. This is the one where I had to go into extra detail. Many games we're about to list, brought dynamics and game mechanics to the public that had their inception in earlier games. A perfect example of this is the sticky cover system of the third-person shooter Gears of War that was first used three years previously in... Kill Switch, or whatever. Kill Switch. Yeah, that's the one. In October 2003. But by rote of the sheer obscurity of Kill Switch against the overwhelming success of Gears, that makes the burly adventures of Marcus Phoenix the far more important game in the long run. Ask yourself, which was more important historically? Hamlet, Macbeth and Romeo and Juliet, or the forgotten stories and plays that Shakespeare pilfered all his ideas from? It's a bitter pill to swallow, but the initial innovators are the geniuses whose shoulders need to be stood upon. 
And I'm pretty sure I just compared Gears of War to Hamlet, so let's move swiftly on. Mirror's Edge was absolutely brilliant from the point of view of innovation. It delivered us a first-person action running game, something that had not been done well before. It garnered lukewarm sales and there was no sign of a sequel, while Assassin's Creed enjoys its fifth installment this coming month if you count the additional Ezio outings as sequels, which I do. More to the point, very little of what made that game great has crept into other games since 2008. It was innovation that was largely ignored and thus melted away like so many snowflakes as the seasons changed around it. In other words, this is about impact and legacy. In crude terms, it's a bandwagon for studios to jump on to make money doing the same thing. In more elegant terms, it's a true killer app something that grabs the attention of the public, dev teams, and publishers alike, and says, look at this. Something that gets followed and studied and made into an algorithm. And this is something that caused a storm of debate on the forum already. I started off with a list of ten games I considered to be truly important and asked you guys to challenge them with suggestions of your own. I was rather pleased that about eight of them remain on the list to this very day. Not one of them was put out there without a great deal of consideration. Now, I would like to reiterate, this is not a top ten. The order we discuss them in is the order of release. And they've affected people and the way we play games in so many different ways that it would be foolhardy to attempt to rank them. We will tackle each of these ten in turn, and there's a list of additional contenders, ten additional contenders, submitted by your good selves, vying for a position on that hallowed list. These are big stones thrown into a mill pond, and tonight we're talking about the ripples they made. Now enough of this sodding poetry, let's talk about some games. So let's go for the rules. We have a list in front of us in blue. This is the list of 10 games that I have put forward. There have been a couple of substitutions courtesy of hard-won arguments from the community members in the forums. Below that is a list of a further 10 contenders in red that people have fought tooth and nail to get onto the blue list. By the end of this podcast, that blue list may or may not have changed. Those parameters again. This generation started roughly late 2004, around the time of the launch of the Nintendo DS, and will go on until sometime in the middle, or the early couple of years, of the next generation. And by importance, we mean, had a genuine impact on the gaming landscape that changed things to a degree no previous game had. So examples of games that did this in previous generations. Right, I'm going to give you a date and a format, and you guys basically just try and guess what's on this list of ten. Uh, June 1978, very, very important arcade game. Pac-Man. Space oh, Invaders. Space Invaders was the one, although Pac-Man would definitely be on the list. Um, September 1985, NES game. Super Mario Brothers. Correct, sir. June 1989, handheld game. Tetris. Tetris. March 1991... Arcade game. Street, Street Fighter, Fighter 2. two. two. Yeah. Street Fighter 2. June 1991. Super Pla- Mario World. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Platform game, but not Super Mario World. Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. Street Fighter 2 was important because it brought arcades back to life for one glorious couple of years and everyone was going in there and playing Street Fighter 2 and it also killed arcades. 
because yeah. every single arcade game had to be a one-on-one fighter at that point. But it also it also gave impetus to try and make sure that home consoles would replace arcades yeah. because people wanted that in their home yeah. after that point. Uh, and Sonic the Hedgehog gave birth to a slew of revolting platform game side-scrolling mascots. <laughs> but I'd say more importantly, it set up the uh, it really set up the platform for the battle between Nintendo and Sega. For us, yeah, absolutely. To be this good takes ages. So it was all about you know extreme power this Mega Drive has. And to think now now they just now they now they're you know stood at the top of Big Ben. <laughs> Uh, Mario and Sonic together. You know. Together. Yeah. 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 If you showed me that picture when I was a kid, it would have blown yeah. my mind. <laughs> it's astonishing to think of it now. Yeah. Um, okay, right. Next one. December 1993. I'm not sure if this was a DOS game, but it was certainly a home computer game. Doom. Doom. Mm. Uh, February 1996. Another handheld game. Hmm. Launched several years later uh, worldwide, but this was huge in Japan first. Pokemon. Pokemon. Uh, October 1996, platform game, started on the Saturn, very shortly afterwards came onto the PS. Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Made games sexy. Um, Oh, and Pokemon, of course, kept uh, Nintendo alive. They actually would straight out have died were it not for Pokemon. Uh, and uh, September 1998, PlayStation 1. Uh, Metal Gear. Metal Gear Solid. Well, that's the only clue well, you sorry, needed. Metal Gear Solid, yeah. Yeah, it was Metal Gear Solid. Mm, to be Metal fair, Solid. I have been doing shows on that for the past yeah. six months, so okay. I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, <clears throat> last one on this list of ten, November 2001. Halo. Halo. Spot on. Which uh, told the world that consoles were capable of doing FPSs because they spent the 90s trying and failing. Until Goldeneye came along. But it needed that extra oomph. Okay. I think it was also the start of the shut, shutting up the oh, you can't use a controller to play a first person shooter yeah. crowd. Yeah. Jeez, people actually thought that at some yeah. point. Okay. Right, so this is the kind of calibre we're talking. Now, when you hear this list, folks, if you don't already know it, it's going to depress the hell out of you after I've told you that lot. Because all of it, well, uh, most of us who were there at the time are like, oh, I remember playing that, oh, it's awesome, oh, it's brilliant. So, like, half of this list I'm going to show you, you're going to be like, oh, what? Seriously? Oh, I suppose you actually might be right. And sadly, you're going to have to allow us to convince you. Right, two questions before we start, and this actually relates to the question regarding um, tail end of the previous generation. I'll I'll just ask both questions at once. Why is Half-Life 2 not on this list, and why is God of War not on this list? Well, Half-Life 2 was released well before uh, Vista or Windows 7 came out, so it's definitely a Windows XP game. Yeah, no, November 2004, I remember it very well because I was waiting for it for so long. <laughs> it actually just happens to be like on the cusp of the Nintendo DS coming yeah, out. Yeah, but the Nintendo DS is only for, the generation is only for Nintendo DS games. Which so. is why we can't actually yeah. be this adherent to it, dates. It is too, it's too early, Half-Life 2 is too Half-Life early. I know it was released on yeah. the Orange Box, but that was a re-release, so which, which tells it's, you everything. It's a last generation game that had a lasting impact on this generation, but it's not a this generation game, so it doesn't. No. Right. doesn't However, if I'm going to put this out there, I wouldn't actually, I wouldn't actually put it on our list anyway. Really? Yeah, well, I'd, I'd say Half Life is the more important game of those two anyway. 
to start well, off. Well, no, hang on. Was, was Half-Life in the same gen? No, but I'd say uh, that... You'd, I'd say that, that was 98. It's a Windows 95, Windows 98 games. It's well, previous uh, gen. If this goes well, and it's, it's going really well so far, I, I'm fairly certain to end up doing a you know best, most important games of uh, the Generation 6 and Generation 5. I personally would put both Half-Life and Half-Life 2 in those. Um, why do you disagree, uh, Sinan? I just... I'm... I'm not convinced it's, it's, its legacy is that... I mean, what would you say is its legacy? I'm going to let the Valve fan say on this one, Paul. I, I have no... I actually kind of agree, to be honest. I love Half-Life 2, but I actually kind of agree with that. Me, yeah. me I think Half-Life really is the it. important game. Okay. So, um, right, okay, well, that's, that's for everyone who was... Uh, you know, and there was a lot of Half-Life 2 love on the forum, I've got to say. So uh, people who are trying to get that. Let, shall we then cross the whole Half-Life 2 bridge when we come to it? When we do I, the, I would uh, say the only legacy, the legacy of something like Half-Life 2 is that it's the thing that got me into computers, but that's a very specific thing about me. So it's, but as I said, I don't, yeah, so I don't think it's necessarily gaming oh. landscape-wise. As, as, Someone as said it was instrumental to people adopting Steam. Uh, well, you, sure that, you have no yeah, choice. Yeah. It was yeah. the yeah. was the delivery mechanism for it. So, yeah. Yeah. but had the game not been that, that phenomenal, would the, would there have been less of, of uh, an inheritance to Steam? I think Steam is almost an accidental success after that. You know, because they basically had uh, a Valve store, which gotcha. they then opened up to third parties, and it's from that that they yes, then had Steam, all the success. Prior to the launch of Half-Life 2, Steam was a dramatically different thing. I think it's right. just, uh, anyone yeah. who was there remembers it quite well. It was so. much like Uplay is now, you know, the Ubisoft thing. It was the yeah. same philosophy. It was just oh, a God, means yeah. to get their games out there. Okay. Uh, well, tell you what, like I said, let's do this for when we do the Gen 6 show, because this actually sounds like a really interesting one, and it allows Half-Life fans to gear up with some really, you know... Uh, concerted arguments in favour of it. Um, but God of War 1 it's on the PlayStation 2. It's firmly a PlayStation 2 game. I think it's only yeah, recent yeah. it was on the PlayStation 2. Yeah. Yeah. I think by our previous statements, if it's not about the, um, the date, I can tell you it was released on July the 8th, uh, 2005 in yeah. the UK. I can tell you that. It has... It has undoubtedly had a lasting effect on the next generation, which is this one, though. There have been a lot of God of War style games. But again, it's clearly a game from last generation. We're drawing the lines and saying it's games from this generation that have had an effect. Okay. Okay, well, then that that might be a contender for uh, for Gen 6 when we finally do that one. Okay, well, I'm going to start off with The Big Kahuna. Uh Uh, Released in February 2005 over here, but actually November 2004 in the States. Uh, World of Warcraft... Who wants to go first? Well, I think this is a dodgy one. Uh-huh. Um, but because I, I firmly believe this was released in the previous generation in terms of PC, uh, the PC platform. In the, it didn't require that powerful a PC to well, run. Well, it was released before Vista and right. Windows 7. It was not designed to run on those OSs because they didn't exist. So therefore... It was on XP at that time. It was on XP, yeah. However, and I know we had a little... Uh, to do on the email today. We went back and forth and back. Um, Done this This game casts such a massive shadow over Mm. this entire generation. It it not only does it did it it influence, it's eclipsed this generation in terms of uh, a a commercial uh, 
competitor managing to take on its mantle or even even competing on an even playing field with it. It's only really recently, I think, with Guild Wars 2 that anything has come along that's yeah. even shown the slightest indication that it may actually steal some of its thunder. Um, and also, it's had many expansions. I mean, we're up to four now, is it? And I'm pretty sure the, the, the Mists of Pandaria is four. Yeah. So we've had three expansions this generation. So I think for that reason, it kind of sneaks in simply because the majority of this game's life, if you like, is actually this generation and was yeah. designed for this generation's platform. Now, I put it to you that um, so many uh, Me Too MMOs sprung up in, in the wake of this one. and Everyone was like, it was going to be, they know, we're in the money. Everyone's going to want to play MMOs. But as it turned out, everyone wanted to play World of Warcraft and all of these MMOs like Tabula Rasa and the Matrix Online uh, just folded. So, I mean, what do you say to that? The, the difficulty, of course, is that we've just drawn the line in the, in the sand and said, God of War, however big its shadow, mm. um, doesn't make the list because it was released on last generation. And, yeah. and, of course, now we're saying World of Warcraft was released on the last generation of PC hardware. I think mm. the difference is that an MMO, by definition, is not a hard release date, and then that's the game that casts the shadow. It's a constantly evolving thing. Exactly. So. Okay, if you wanted to rig this, what you could do is say, <laughs> don't say World of Warcraft, say World of Warcraft... I don't know. It wasn't called Frozen Throne. Whatever the first, 1. 5, whatever the first whatever. expansion was. What was the first, first one? Was, Burning, um, Crusade. Burning Crusade. Burning Crusade. I think Burning Crusade. Yeah, I think because I think the first or second expansion was when Warcraft just went mental. You know, in terms of size, I can remember them doing like twenty-four hour um, marathons on 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 like um, Ga- um, GameSpot. You know, you could watch people playing the Burning Crusade for 24 hours before release just so you could see it you know, that, and, that, and that was definitely this generation so you could yeah, maybe oh, change it yeah. to say World of Warcraft Burning Crusade or something Yeah, I mean, it and just seems like we're quibbling over technicalities yeah. at this point even though. by that it point the game, get it in. the game didn't really well it obviously resembled the game that was released but patches and everything in between as well changed yeah, yeah. the game constantly so yeah no we're it, but it then again, I mean, this is the first generation where on consoles they've been able to actually change the games as we're going along. So that actually changes the rules anyway. Because, yeah. I mean, the Xbox Live dashboard is now entirely different to if you bought the first 360 back in 2000. worse, yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, can, I, just, I was trying to think uh, when you had the list of is there anything else this generation that you could say... Do you miss the blades, Zan? <laughs> I do actually. Do you know what? If if you've, I've got an old 360, I plug in occasionally. The blades were really fast. It's, really? it's shocking yeah. when you go they back to really how fast. fast and it also, is. you didn't have adverts crammed. Have one advert, one advert on, on Jeez. that. Jeez. Okay. But, um, and yeah, the only one I could think of when I was thinking of this, I was talking to like uh, some guys I work with. They're really big MMO fans. You know, they, yeah. they play them all. They were saying to me that probably the most influential one that you could classify as this generation was the Lord of the Rings one. Um, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it's called, Lord of the Rings Something. Online. Online. Yeah. yeah, Lord of the Rings Online. Um, because it was the first one to make the switch to a viable free-to-play model. It did it really early. And actually survive. And actually flourished. It did really well. And to the point that it actually changed World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft now offers a free-to-play route, very similar to what um, they did. They actually copied them. So it's the only case that I can think of where WoW adapted to meet what a competitor was offering. Is it like no, the first no 10 way. levels? Of the f- Whoa, hang on. Whoa, so hang on. No oh. way. No, wow, that's why WoW has stayed at the top, because it is constantly adapted to anything that's new from any of its competitors. It just goes yoink. That's what it's done for the <laughs> Yeah, but for the not, last not, 
not significant though. That was a mass. That was a quite a significant change. Though. Most of these uh, other things are, are kind of mechanical changes. This was a significant change to the way in which okay. it's sold and and, uh, and used. Uh, fair enough. Uh, fair enough. I, I I just wanted to underline that because I think that is key to why why this is. I mean, in fairness, you know, it, it, I remember when it released. It released alongside EverQuest two, and yeah. those two were constantly copying each other and. Uh, and uh, EverQuest 2 didn't copy enough, and WoW copied more, and look, you know, EverQuest 2 is now free to play, and WoW has still 10 million subscribers. Uh, for EverQuest fans out there, of course, were, was it last generation or the gen before? The original? Cool, it's Ever- even older. 99, 98. 99, I think, or something like that. Okay, yeah. I, think it, it was, it was the, I think it was actually the gen before then, the PS1 gen. Jeez. Um, yeah, either way, that would definitely be on the top 10 list, I would imagine. There's an argument that um, you know, and, and by proxy, EverQuest 2 was the most important game because it failed. Um, it, it, it should have been the leading light in this generation of MMOs. It had all the audience base. It, you know, it's easy to forget that um, Blizzard came to World of Warcraft from Warcraft 3, um, mm. which was an RTS. It's not yeah, even yeah. an RPG. Um, but we're talking ripples in a mill pond here, so EverQuest sort of clunked in and, and made less, a lot less ripples than Warcraft. It's it, hard was, to know. it was the danger don't swim sign at the side, surely, is, is what EverQuest 2 was. Yeah. It, it was the warning to all other MMOs, this is not what to do. Right. Okay, so, I mean, can we put Warcraft to bed and say, yes, this one is firmly on the list, or is it still in the penalty box? Is no. it possible that by the end of this show we will be taking it off? If you're going to no, make an no. exception, you're going to make it for this game, surely. Yeah, I, I, would I, say I don't because, think we need I mean, to make an exception, but yeah. yeah. I think, it, like I said, it cast such a massive shadow, and it's yeah. had these expansions which have elevated it during this generation to I something I mean, it's even else, influenced so. entirely different games that are nothing to do with it. Like, um, uh, I was playing Kingdoms of Amalur the other day. It's basically Warcraft well, that's not <clears> online. Also, I would say that Warcraft has been responsible for some of the less good things about this generation, such as mm-hmm. gold mining and... Uh, the prevalence of um, these sort of um, mega addictive games and yeah, uh, they helped Activision attain world domination. Yeah, yeah. Many. I think there's a lot of negative things that come out of it, as well as very positive ones. Oh, I, I never said that importance was all positive. No. So I think it has had some negative influence on uh, video games as a culture as well. It's also ruined relationships, sucked yeah. lives away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's precisely what I'm talking. Killed about. poor people who wouldn't stop playing. There's entire companies gone bust on the back of trying to make yeah. the world of Warcraft yeah. so yeah there's there's no way that game's not it, on this list it, yeah it's it, it suckered a lot of studios into trying yeah. to copy it and all kinds yeah. of things yeah so I think it's like I said it's got a long dark shadow so yeah. I think it definitely goes on it sounds terrible now we're talking about <laughs> that was released from the pit and won't go away <laughs> right uh, let's move on swiftly to something much more cuddly um, May 2005 Brain age, or depending on your region, is it uh, Dr. Kamenawa's brain training? Uh, Dr. Kawashima, isn't it? Uh, Dr. Kawashima's, yeah, um, brain age yeah. Or, or brain, brain training. training. There's, there's various ones. There's How old one. is your brain? Is it? Yeah, and I can't just say it's that brain game on the DS because there's a whole bunch of imitators as well. Yeah. So yeah. it's the original one that everyone's been playing on the tube. Or so. Okay, right. Who knows? Who has played this a lot? Uh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Enough to know it. Yeah. I, I I hate the thing. It's it, shouting blue, blue, blue at my DS. It, it, yeah. it, it, oh, 
And then being told, that this is actually a problem I had with various other things on this list, of being told exactly how rubbish I was <laughs> And you're like, you have the brain of an 85-year-old. Cheers. Okay, yeah. so I'll stop. But, but this was the thing that put the DS on the map. It was around about the time, I think the DS Lite was already now on the cards. I think the, yeah. the DS had been launched in November, and it took just under a year for the DS Lite to be launched. And that suddenly when... Um, ladies started playing them on the London Tube and they were playing this a lot I can attest to this, I saw loads of them yeah. <laughs> I, I suspect I'm not the only one that's going to say this but my mum plays this and the last game she played seriously was Tetris when I had a Game Boy so yeah. she's got a DS she plays this every day, she checks her brain age still and now after seven yeah. years and that's been for not full seven years but certainly been four or five now yeah well a lot of the, the sequels they stuck Sudoku and things like that in it as well didn't they yep. which yeah. puts people in um, yeah it's, it's an odd one this isn't it but I think it, not only did it did it I don't know capture a more casual audience to use the parlance used in the video game media but mm-hmm. um, the, the negative connotation to that but yeah yeah I, I do think it it encouraged people to embrace touchscreen technology, mm-hmm. where prior to that, touchscreen technology was largely relegated to some you know weird laptops where you could prod the screen and Apple Newton and, and, and information kiosks. You know, we walk up and try and find directions to something, and you're standing there trying to press the screen because it's yeah. not responding. Yeah. Um, I mean, as, as a student, actually, I, I did my thesis on information kiosks and touchscreens, so I know a little bit about the, the subject. And oh, I well, think, don't forget pub yeah, quiz machines. Pub quiz machines—they're the same, yeah, because you're trying to bloody press the B and it doesn't work. But um, <laughs> I think BrainAge did um, introduce that language of using touch. Yeah. Um, because um, some of the games in it don't, you don't use the stylus either it encourages you to use your fingers so it, it did try to make it uh, introduce people to that concept and I think from that um, there is a whole generation of, 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 of new gamers that have they've been introduced to the hobby you know some of them might still be playing Brain Age but I'm sure loads of them transitioned onto things like Animal Crossing and mm. the, there's also dog, a lot of game whatever it was Oh, I th- actually, I left N- off Nintendo. Jesus. I was going to say, to throw a proverbial wrench in the, in the works, it did sell more. I know yeah. that was, it's not more important to say sales, but it is worth noting, it sold yeah. 23.6 million combined across the, all its versions compared to Brain Age's 19 million. So Nintendo sold more too. But, I mean, little kids have been playing Game Boys for years. This was more about getting the 22-year-old office worker, female. Mm. Well, yeah. older than that, Frank. I knew, I knew people who had uh, DSs oh, that I would yeah. never have sus- never have thought would. Yeah. I saw like the lady in my office who I was like, just completely floored by this. I was like, seriously? So, um, so yeah. Not I so much these days, though. No, no, absolutely not. Now. Absolutely not. But um, yeah. then it was that was quite a big yeah. a big it, change. It did kind of say change. that you know the, the positive thing it was it did kind of say that video games were now for absolutely everyone this was a kind of prelude to yep. what then came about with the smartphone revolution it was almost a preview of what was to come had yeah. we known back then um, that you know when touch technology came to phones that it would have an even more dramatic impact then I think we would have probably paid more attention to Brain Age at the time but it certainly led that led that revolution and in fact the very first sort of games that came out on the iPhone were very similar there were loads of kind of Brain Age rip-offs because that's what people yeah. knew yeah. but it's, it's not just the direct sort of rip-offs of something like Brain Age it's, it's the fact that this was a collection of mini-games essentially they put a structure around it to make it coherent and make you want to go back to it but it's a collection of 
small game, you know, activities, whatever you want to call them. They're mini games in a collection. Um, yeah. So it, it's got a finger in that pie. It's also, it, as far as I, I'm aware, it may be that it's not the case, but it certainly seemed not just to spawn other brain training type games, but puzzle games on the DS are a really big thing. Crossword games, mm. Scrabble, that sort of thing, all so went onto yeah. the DS way before the iPhone mm. really started doing that sort of thing. And I would point to something like Brain Age and say that got people doing yeah. those sorts of things on it, an interactive device rather than newspaper. Also the important thing to know, that it, and it, it's going to obviously factor in with our next game, but, you know, this didn't just define touchscreen gaming or, you know, make gaming more accessible to um, to a different audience, but this really defined Nintendo for the next seven yeah. years. Yeah. This game really started them off on a path which they are going very, you know, fast down still. Mm-hmm. Any more on Brain Age, or should we just I'll say just, yes? This one's staying on the list. I just just to sort of quickly to the end. I think it's to sum up really. I think brain, putting Brain Age in this list is an inspired choice. I, oh, yeah. I, you know, it's not something that I think if you asked uh, many people in the gaming media for their top ten list, I don't think they would have put Brain Age on it. But I think it's a uh, it's of the ones on the list. I think it's actually probably one of the the easiest ones to say. Yeah, it goes on there. Definitely. Okay. Anyone, anyone want to dispute it? Nope. Okay. Brain Age. Inspired choice. Thank you very much, Mr. Gary Blower. Uh, number three. Now, this one's so indisputable. I may as well just say the name and we'll move on. Shall we? <laughs> yeah, okay, right. Uh, November 2006, uh, the Wii slash Wii Sports, because they were so intrinsically linked for so long that you bought the console for the game. It's, Kind of the same as you bought the uh, NES to play Super Mario Brothers back in the day. Uh, Wii Sports. So, it's, it's a political hot potato. Catch. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to say that. Don't know where you start, really. Um, yeah. How many Wiis are sold now? Is it something ridiculous? Like 120, 70, I think. 120 million. million. It is quite astonishing. You'll look it up now. So um, we're talking, I mean, I know it's not bundled in Japan, but you're talking, hmm. what, 90 million maybe? Did copies just, of Wii Sports? Did they just sell the Wii without Wii Sports? Yeah, it's not in the, yeah, it's only in the oh, yeah, Europe it and the US. It was, yeah, it was bundled. Uh, An inspired so. decision to actually pack it in. It's like, I mean, back in, if you remember, back at the time, they didn't do pack-in games anymore. You didn't buy the console with a, with a, a game, not really. I, I believe that, funny enough, funny how history repeats itself. At the time, I remember the build-up to the Wii, and I was actually reading some, because uh, I was having this debate with someone the other day, I was actually reading some um, previews of the Wii mm. that uh, were being posted on things like CNET and stuff back in 2004. Uh, back when we were all laughing at its silly name. Five. Yeah, yeah they, they, nobody understood it. They were like, saying, well, what is this? What, is it a remote control for your television? We don't understand <laughs> it. And funny enough, exactly the same things you hear about the Wii U were being said there. We don't understand it. It seems to be for everyone and not for anyone in particular. We don't get what this is all about. So I think the reason they put the, the game in the box was to say to people, when they bought the thing, they played that game and they went, yep, totally get what this is about now. Yeah, it's a demo yes. disc is essentially what, they, what it is. It is, you know, it is oh, a glorified geez. demo disc. It's a tech yeah. demo, yeah. But it's it's the the best demo disc you could <laughs> imagine for a, a, a console and, and spawned so many imitators. Again, yeah. a collection of mini-games, and this one was n- and, not so much about 
obviously uh, similar to Brain Age. It's it's mini games, but this is more about getting people off their bums, which was a big part of it, and mm. doing something active and whole families together and putting it on TV on Oprah Winfrey and all sorts of stuff. You know, again, it, sort of further further sort of you know you know leading leading on from what we were saying about like Brain Age, sort of the you know games aren't just for adolescent males, yeah. you know that kind of thing. Because yeah, back then, uh, it, the image was of, of boys in their bedrooms with the curtains shut, having never opened the windows, and this horrible, seedy, smelly, darkened bedroom playing their PlayStation 2s. It's still like that for me, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> and they're never off the whole need but, for speed. But the image was, was also, sadly, and, and still is to some extent, boys being very aggressive playing shooters, and yeah. frankly, shooters training people to go out and do that in high schools in America. That was still the image of gaming was violent still stuff like GTA and and um, well it wasn't Call of Duty at that point probably it was it was you know Doom or or uh, any of any of the others Halo Doom in two thousand five I, I admire your optimism well, but, <laughs> but that was still the image Halo had. but yeah so that the Wii said no it's in the living room the whole family can do it Granny's doing it it's all the, and then they showed all those adverts of people smiling and waggling up and down and it was like the famous people like yeah and yeah, the uh, red that kind of thing. The yeah. red nap—that's exactly what the red nap household is like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> something something you. The language is more colourful. A lot on them. Something you said a lot on bigger potions, and I, which I, I think is worth bringing up is you know the fact that Nintendo completely locked into this, both this yeah. and the DS. Yeah, you know they so. they had no idea. <laughs> they didn't know <laughs> what they were doing, and then suddenly you know, Brain Age sells. Uh, I think that's why I got my number. 120, 120 million DSs and Wii Sports, which they they, they had no clue. Not they they just wanted something which showed what it did. And now we, I've got the numbers here. It's 97 million Wiis sold. Yeah, um, I, so E3 2007 was like, wait, you like this stuff? Pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> well, 97 is ironically the exact number of third-party games sold on the Wii since since presumably. <laughs> so. Um, I mean, you've got to remember that the, the, the success of uh, both the DS and the Wii did catch Nintendo by surprise, particularly the Wii. I mean, they, if you remember, they had shortages for nearly a year. You couldn't yeah. get it anywhere because they they hadn't anticipated the demand. I mean, that's that's why I've always said that I felt they lucked out with it. I think they they bought a console out that, they, that was the, they wanted to have broad appeal, and they thought, oh, well, this is a good way of showcasing how our technology is going to work. They weren't setting out to capture a massive... Um, casual audience, which is what they ended up doing. It, 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 it you know, it, it really did appeal to people. It's something that, but it wasn't something they set out intentionally. I don't think to do, which is why yeah. they didn't have the supply to meet the demand. I mean, we, we must didn't. have all had the debate with someone who doesn't know anything about video games, where they claimed, "Oh, yeah, it's just Nintendo holding back, you know, supply." And I'm like, "No, seriously, if no, they, they, if they, they could want, make." They, Exactly. They want yeah. to, I think they're a company that wants to make money. Most of these companies are. <laughs> Shortly, they're not going to hold them back for no Two reason. Two things Nintendo will always do. If they can cut the price, they would. And if they could make more of them, they would. And so whenever I hear that they want to charge, that they're, you know, they're charging as much as they can and, or they're not making enough, it's complete and utter rubbish. Because history has shown that they always go with the former. They are a mass market company. Mm. They you, want said, um, you said earlier in the show, Alex, that... Uh, that Pokemon sold Nintendo back in '96. The Wii yeah. and the DS sold. I'm um, safe. Sorry, saved Nintendo back because that, you know the GameCube did not do great. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. it's easy to forget that. And then suddenly Nintendo are leading the generation after being in third place. 
I think uh, the Pokemon kept them afloat during the difficult N64 and GameCube years, and then the Wii brought them back. And then they had the opposite problem, in that they had a massive mountain of cash and didn't know really what to do with it. And now they're, <laughs> now they're running up losses because, of course, they didn't invest the money at the right time. So. Yeah. Well, ultimately, if you make a gajillion dollars one year and slightly less the next year and slightly less the next year, you're going to be appearing to be making a loss because of the amount you made the first time around. Yeah, they, they, there is a saying in business that if you, end up with, if you end up sitting on a mountain of cash, that it will actually destroy your company. You know, yes. you, it, it's almost like you need to be just about making a profit every year. To do, keep do, we know a, do we know a particular technology company that is sitting yeah, on a mountain of cash and, at the moment? And, <laughs> um, um, yeah, and I fear they're, they're, they're yeah. having similar dilemmas because it's what do you do with that money and if you don't put, do the right thing with it it can be just as bad as having I, the money in I, the first place personally I was going to phone Tim Cook and ask him to give it to me but uh, <laughs> I don't know that <laughs> going to really I don't think that's going to work sadly yeah, and there's, there's also no way Nintendo expected that 80% or so of, the, of Wii owners would, would go right we got the Wii Sports that's pretty much all we need they didn't expect for there to really not be that much in, in terms of, of major software sales. No, so I, I think the, for the first few years, the average amount of uh, Wii games per owner was like 3.5. I, I heard someone once, I can't remember who it was, they said that the Wii, was the, the Wii with Wii Sports was like the most expensive Simple Simon game ever. You know, yeah. the, you remember the Simon thing with the lights on it? Yes. Mm. I mean, basically, that's it. People bought it for Wii Sports, and they, they just saw it as a, you know, £200 for that game, and that's yeah. all they saw. I, I know people who that's, they've never bought a single Wii, yeah. Wii game other than they bought the console, they bought Wii Sports, and that's it. Yeah. So, Here you go. Which some, is a shame. Which is and soft, maybe some Wii Fits. So, so, I've just got the software figures, because it's just yeah, to kind yeah. of cement yeah, that. Yeah, go for So Wii Sports, 79.6 million. Where do you think the next one is? And what it is? Oh, uh, Wii Play? Quarter of that, maybe. It's got to be Wii Fit. Wii, Wii Play was up at 32 million or something because it was so uh, good to control. It's Mario Kart Wii. In there. Oh, Mario Kart Wii. Yeah, Wii Play was all that's, that's Well, that's encouraging. That's yeah, because it's a good game. That's actually encouraging. Wow. But then, but then if you want to go down to, say, maybe... what the, So, New Super Mario Bros. Wii would be the first kind of traditional game 26 million and mm-hmm. then Super Smash Bros. Brawl 10 million mm-hmm. yeah. Galaxy 10 million yeah. and it list goes down <laughs> I, I still want to know I still want to know how many uh, units Chegger's party quiz shifted but at this point I was doing I was listening to a lot of podcasts and they would do like the charts every week and I, said, I think it was like Giant Bomb or at the time it was like um, maybe even GameSpot that they were like I don't even want, it might just have been IGN I don't even want to read the Wii list it's just the same thing every week well they actually yeah they actually ended up removing rather like Harry Potter off uh, book lists when it yeah. came to end of year lists they actually started removing Wii Sports and Wii Play because they were packing games and therefore shouldn't count. And that was the reason well, they came to get Wii them Play off the list. It had a controller. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. So. So. But we need to bear in mind that 10 million is not a bad number of games to sell. No, it's not. It's fantastic. But it's just it's so dwarfed by Wii Sports. Yeah. It, you know, it doesn't bear it's comparison. It's small compared to the install base. I think that's the yeah. thing. Yeah, I think it's sure. yeah that's the problem. Yeah. I mean... A, a hit title on a PS3 or 360, you're looking at maybe getting into the hands of maybe one in five owners. Mm. But you're, you know, most of the ones you're reading out there, you're talking what less than one in ten. So it's yeah, it's much lower. Can I just say that um, this is a question I asked you guys when we were on the live podcast at Gplex. Um, what is one thing you don't want to see happen next generation? I don't want to see this happen to the Wii U. I really it don't. won't. 
They weren't. No. No. Two's on it for a start, so that's yeah. Yeah. done. I, I heard that someone mentioned it on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> what Bayonetta two is coming? I'm like, apparently, yeah. I've not heard <laughs> this. This is the first I've heard of it. Apparently, I don't know. It's, okay, right. Um, so, are, are we all agreed that we sports pretty much deserves to be? Let, let's face it, at the top of this top. If we were going to rank it, it would probably be number one. Yeah, pretty. But we're not going to rank it because that'd be ridiculous. So, it's it's on there, right? It yeah. is on there, and uh, we probably didn't mention it, but the other two console manufacturers tried their damnedest to copy it for the best part of four years as well. So, What was the name of the Sony one? Which the Sports the Champions. Sports Champions. And then there's Kinect Sports. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Kinect Sports or Kinect Adventures was the actual packing game oh. that they used. But, Why yeah. didn't they just give us Kinect Sports? That's at least good. <laughs> kind of. I mean, Kinect Adventures is horrible. Interesting. Kinect Sports 2 totally tanked, didn't it? It did yeah. really it badly. Did, yeah. Jeez. Uh, you know what? This is not a place to talk about yeah. the Kinect, but I wish that Kinect well, wasn't a thing. Funny thing is, the Kinect has had the same sort of lifespan as the Wii. Initial high sales, just mm-hmm. so you can say I've got a silly camera and I'm leaping around, and then absolutely no software sales Sorry. to back it up. And yet we saw nothing but it at bloody three. Yep. It was maybe not this year, but two years ago. They were like, Kinect. A couple, couple of years in a row, yeah. Microsoft's yeah. entire. We were so excited when we Project saw those and then Connect, yeah. Remember that, like, Milo and the, the, that kid with the skateboard? And you're scanning your skateboard. So are you, Tony Hawk. <laughs> Quick funny thing on that, it, just, just to finish that up, is um, yeah. at Gamescom, you've got, like, this you know massive thing, 250,000 people go there, seven great big halls the size of Eurogamer, mm-hmm. one Connect in the entire place. Jeez, good, <laughs> good. It means they're not going to push it anymore. Good, thank you. You've, you've learned. You learned your lesson. That was like the Nintendo 64 expansion pack. Didn't it, need to be there. It, it's worth saying that, that Wii Sports, and by extension the Wii, but taking Wii Sports as the, the sort of pro, the, um, archetype for, for a Wii game, um, it, like World of Warcraft, has had its fair share of negative impact on... Yeah. Oh yeah, the, oh yeah, generation. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, ultimately with the Wii Sports shovelware. I mean, there yeah. was shovelware like you wouldn't believe on the PlayStation Two. And, but and peripherals. I'd love to be the person who invented the plastic golf club handle. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember there was a Connect boat? Although <laughs> 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 that, that, oh, the inflatable one. Inflatable boat. You oh, stand yeah, it. Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> because they thought, ah, how do we make money out of this? Because we're not going to sell any games. I oh, know we'll make crappy plastic peripherals to plug Jeez. onto it. Oh my! Okay. And then advertise the hell out of them on the dashboard. I mean, that, at least the the darker days of Nintendo, the NES's crazy peripherals. They were like like curios you could put in the middle of the table and go, look, that's Rob the Robot. What do you think that did? <laughs> I remember the bloody. But a little. You've got to insert a pa- that power glove uh, sound <coughs> yeah. clip. Power oh, glove. <laughs> it's so bad. I love the power glove. It's so bad. Yeah, well, uh. Just keep your power gloves off her, pal, huh? Okay, right, so, Wii Sports is totally on there. Why don't you break the beat with me tonight, baby? Under it, over it, next to it, behind it. But you can never, ever stop and 
until you die tomorrow. Now this next one, I'm not 100% behind because I think it's a very strong contender, but this could feasibly be toppled off the list with enough positive arguing. So, um, number four, November 2006, Gears of War. Okay, there's two reasons this is on the list, and I think two reasons that I think it should stay. First of all, HD graphics. This was for many, many people the first game they looked at and went, wow, that's what this generation can do on HD TVs. It was for me. Yeah, it was for me. Second of all, Unreal Engine. This sold the Unreal Engine to, let's face it, just about every third-party developer in this generation. I mean, yes, Dayak. (laughs) (laughs) Kine- <laughs> 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 sold it to Dennis Dyack, yeah. But let's face it, Kinect Adventures we've just poo-pooed, but it uses the Unreal Engine. I mean, that's preposterous, oh. but it does. I would even are go to say... suggesting, James, that there are other games that use the Unreal Engine out at the moment? I'm completely shocked. <laughs> I'm there's a few, but Kinect Adventures is, is so far from Gears of War, and yet they're based on the same tech. Gears of War is the game that sold the Unreal Engine to Microsoft and... and um, you know, and and for this bizarre title, it was going to be a pack in for the Connect. I, and that was I would go so far as to say that Gears of War influenced the look of video games for several years as well. You know that brown from, from an artistic <laughs> point of view. Yeah, brown and grey. But I mean, from an art, from that kind of artistic point of view, the the, the environment the destroyed beauty was what they called it in the yeah, era, wasn't it? it? I, I hate to it, say it, but. It, Lots of detail, but it's ruinous. You, yeah. you, you got that sporadically beforehand, but after Gears of War, it was like every other game was trying yeah. to get that look. Certainly a shooter, yeah. Very and, dark and, and muscular as well. And I think as well, in terms of video game characters in those kind of games, you know, people say Space Marine when they're referring to, like, I don't know, maybe they think of Halo, but I always think of the Gears of War characters as kind of the templates that a lot of designers built their characters on. Well, they look like literal Warhammer Space Marines without those helmets yeah. on. Right. And uh, you know that that's pretty much every shooter now looks yeah. like Gears of War in terms of its characters. Stop and st- stop and pop. If I hear that phrase one more time, I'm going to scream. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But I mean, it's uh, well for a start, it was the first huge third-person shooter, and that cannot be underestimated in this generation. Third-person shooters were just not around in the previous gen, and now they're everywhere. Most um, shooters, uh, they've got to choose between first or third person. It's pretty much an even split right now. Would you say? Certainly third-person shooters are much more, yeah, they seem much more prevalent. And yeah. I think the other thing is that Gears of War is the game that made third-person shooter, or it seemed to put third-person shooters at home on console. Yeah. Because unlike yeah. first-person shooters, third-person shooters, to me certainly, when I think of them, I think console game, I think Gears yeah. of War, you know. And first-person shooters obviously originated on PC. Component. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And the other thing is, of course, that the co-op mode, the, the fact that mm. it was all about linking up via Xbox Live and you and a buddy go through the whole thing as you and Marcus and... What's his name? Jacob? Jimbo? Dom. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You and, you and Marcus and Dom. Dominic Santi, I can't believe you forgot that incredibly important and well-developed <laughs> character's name. Look. It's, it, it, it's profoundly moving, man. What are you talking about? It's a bromance. <laughs> Don't well, exactly, me. Yeah, never, exactly. It's a thing of beauty. <laughs> but uh, I, actually, I haven't seen. I haven't movie. either. So no, 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 no spoilers. spoilers. But um, but you yeah, know, it, it, there was um, there was co-op mode, obviously in in Halo Two. Was there online co-op mode in Halo Two? No, I don't think there was. It was just Surely multiplayer. 
Yeah. Just, just yeah, no, Halo 2, no, definitely not. No, definitely Halo 3, though. It, okay, right. I, th- I think you're right. The, the, it, there were several innovations which we now take for granted. There was, like you said, was co-op mode. I think, although the, the uh, online multiplayer was, was a little bit broken, there were some novel things they did with the uh, online multiplayer, which, again, we haven't seen a great deal of. Um, I, you know, and, and not quite, on consoles, certainly, because you had... You had two teams of five playing against one another, didn't you? It was four, player. four on the first one. Four, yeah, was it, right? four. And yeah. also, that died, was, you just watched. So that was one life. Yeah. Multiplayer on that was really well balanced, I will say that. And that made playing on 360 significantly more interesting to me than... Um, I, there was a lot of Rainbow Six and stuff on uh, the uh, original Xbox, which is great, obviously, on 360 for Vegas fans. But the the balance of there's four guys, you've got to depend on each other. If one of you dies, you are out. Yeah. Made for some really great, intense. smooth, quick, and intense... I used to play a lot games. of... Uh, with Ninja Fat Pigeons, we used to play a lot of um, clan matches on it. And yeah. they would be epic. They would be. I've no, to, to be honest, um, I've nothing has come close to the original Gears of War for that level of thrill yeah. you know, in terms of yeah. cooperation yeah, and seat yeah, of your pants drama. When Gears Two came out, everyone was like, "Yeah, good." Yeah, they they kind of fiddled with it too much. That was, yeah, that was, that was technical they, issues more than yeah. conceptual issues. The, the, issues the other the other key design thing, which I think often gets overlooked, but I know that. Um, um, Clifford has done several <laughs> Young G- Clifford GDC talks on is the is and is often missed is actually the way the levels are designed was mm. kind of novel because to to work in the cover mechanic and to um, in order to make the stop and pop as he calls it you know yeah. work properly they had this concept of corralling everything into one area so I know that other games had kind of done that before but they actually took it to a new level where they you know they, they cleverly just disguise it, but they have this concept of you sort of going down a corridor, then you get in this huge corral area where things will start happening. Now at the time, that was really novel. Now we see it in every bloody game. You know, you're walking along, and all of a sudden you can see there's lots of crates in that line around. Yeah, you. exactly. Now, I know what's going to happen now. Here's a bunch of barriers mysteriously placed. Before Years <laughs> of War, that never happened. That was brand spanking new. Specifically that feature has kind of made Uncharted difficult for me to play now because I wander into a big empty deserted castle yeah. with Drake and Sully and I'm like okay so how long before I trigger a very very long scene where dudes with shotguns come and shoot me from the front and then snipers with sniper rifles shoot me from miles away and people with machine guns shoot me from the mid range and I don't know what I'm doing and I get the shit shot out of me um, so yeah the it's it's this constant anticipation of firefights that you seem to be anticipating over the characters. So, yeah, there was that. And also, there's, there's no jumping in Gears. No. Which is just a little thing, but if you vers- compare Gears to the average game of Halo, people are bouncing on and off things, jumping from high levels, bunny hopping around the place. It's, you know, it's, it's chaos, but with Gears, there was a kind of a meaty, everyone's on roller boots kind of feel to it. Which and you can't underestimate the the old um, you know in the original game unblockable chainsaw attack and you're dead the roadie run that kind of thing yeah roadie run yeah, absolutely and vaulting like... vaulting over the cover it didn't just introduce cover it introduced vaulting yeah. as well so well it's a big pardon we've already said it didn't introduce cover but it popularised cover we should yeah. say it, it, um, and and then vaulting over the cover and moving between the cover you know sticky um, sticking to the cover and and rolling between so. a, weird, a weird one that's just come to me. I can't think of a game before it. I'm sure there is in, in much the same way we just, you know, said the the game be- three years previous, which had made had cover shooting. Um, like um, 
generating health. When did that first? Halo. Yeah. Halo. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. No, wait, wait. In a couple of weeks' time, I'm doing the uh, the Halo episode. Which, well, by the no, way, ha- Halo you, had um, it had the regeneration health, shield. It had um, health. Yeah. Let's see. Halo, Halo Two changed that slightly, though, didn't it? It did. Each yeah. Halo games had a slight variation on the. Halo yeah. One, it was um, you've got uh, an overshield and a bunch of health packs. Halo Two, it was that you basically had an overshield and that was it. You got shot after your overshield was out and that was it, and you're dead. Gears, it was more like the screen would go red and red and red around you as you took damage, and the more your head was out, the more damage you'd yeah. take. And no, you're actually right there, Sin, and it was a completely, it, not completely, it was a, a subtle gradation of difference to, to what you were used to with Halo. It wasn't like you were watching a gauge. It was a case of, like, I can tell in one more second I'm going to get shot here. Which we saw copied in, in game after game after game after that. Yeah. So. Oh, and also, I'm down, bro, tap me out. That, I can't remember it being in other games as well, where you could just basically, your buddy was dying and wallowing in a pool of blood on the floor, and you just, boom, and you tap him back in again. Just like real life. Yep. <laughs> and the other thing that Marcus was able to heal Dom over and over again just by tapping his shoulder. But um, the other thing, uh, Gary, you talked about multiplayer, but th- that was the game that I don't know about you guys, I certainly think of. When you think of the, the Xbox 360, Xbox Live, and getting that headset packed in, yeah. Years of War is the game where that all came together. Yeah, it wasn't. Absolutely. It was obviously a year after the the 360 had come out, but it's the first game you thought this now makes sense. It's an online console, yeah. and it, all of it exists online. So, in in terms of the console starting as it means to go on, the Wii had Wii Sports from the very beginning, but it took a year for the 360 to go. Right now, this is what we're going to do very well for the next few years. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the big game for the first year, certainly that I remember, was Call of Duty 2, which was obviously yeah. a port. But that was yeah. the main one that people played. But yeah, um, uh, Gears of War, I think, just sent it to another level. Because people saw Gears of War and thought, right, I need to buy that console. Yeah. When did, uh, when did uh, Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter come out? Can we that talk about that one at number six? Okay, right. No, I was just wondering <laughs> yeah. when, when that was released. in Because it's obviously a third-person shooter. So I was just I yeah. Was I it before actually... Gears of War? It was, uh, around, it was around about the same time. Right. Oh, hold on. I'd have pegged it as just before if, if I was pushed. I have a feeling it was part of the Australian launch lineup, like, and that, and that didn't come out till like March or something. I, I have a, I have a sneaking suspicion it was, it was early on, but I, I can't remember why. I don't know why I think that. I could be completely wrong. We'll cut this if I'm wrong. No, 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 you're right. It's, well, I'll, I'll cut some of the questioning. Out. <laughs> but um, the, I'll, I'm just going to go to. But yeah, no, it, it needs to be brought up in relation to. Uh, yeah, of course. Six, uh, but, uh, Xbox 360, <coughs> and it came out March 9th, 2006. Oh, okay, so I was right. right. Then, okay. Yeah. Gears was November, so yeah, several like six months beforehand. But in terms of the of the point Jay's making about online multiplayer, it's also worth noting that this was, you know, a PC developer coming to the console yeah. Yeah. And, and, and embracing online multiplayer and defining it. I guess you'd say Xbox Live is really what has defined online multiplayer on consoles for all the systems. I mean, PS3 and, and I guess, yeah, in the world Wii U next. And uh, Xbox Live is what's really... When, what you think of now when you think of online multiplayer? Yeah. I think it also set up Microsoft Stall as a bit more appealing to a sort of, you know, at the, uh, the sort of adult side of games as well because obviously the game's quite violent and um, I remember seeing like interviews with um, there was some sort of documentary thing and they, there was some concerns when they showed off um, 
uh, Gears of War at the, the, the E3, I guess it would have been in 2006, and mm. they were concerned that they were going to show like the chainsaw kills and what they were worried about. Are people going to be put off by the violence? But obviously, they kind of went nuts for it. So, because <laughs> uh, I think it was Bill Gates was up there, and he, he was like, "Yeah, that's, that's all right, Let's carry on." So, uh, <laughs> did, uh, uh, yeah, Cliff did, like that. did Cliff chainsaw his way onto stage on that E3, or was, did he wait a year? I think that might have been when they they came to unveil two. I, I have yeah, shadow, you know, his shadow. Now he does that every day. When he comes down to dinner, he has a score for a walk. <laughs> everyone knows that. Yeah, everyone knows. That's, like, that's sort of iconic now, isn't it? But. Yeah. Uh, so, are we all agreed that Gears actually probably should stay on this list, then? Yeah. I think Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, I mean, if you... The other games, I can un, I can sort of understand their importance. This one, I, I, I don't know. I get it. I just... I don't, I don't know. They're better... It's difficult. It's impact, not quality. But I know, but from a purist standpoint, I know. I, know. I, I, I think, know. if nothing else, leaving the game aside, as a sales pitch for Unreal Engine which has been a big part of this generation. Gears of War is it. Gears of War is epic saying, here is what our engine can do. Mm. Make come, come get one, basically, you know. And everyone will uh, cover it in. And everyone cheats. did. Yeah, yeah <laughs> make cubes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right, we're four in, and there are six left. Plus, we're going to go through the contenders. You know, uh, what, the ones we haven't already mentioned, we'll, we'll just sort of, you know, mention them at the end right so the next one fairly certain at least one of us is going to fight tooth and nail to maintain (laughs) this one on the list Uh, okay little game which you may remember we mentioned on one episode of Digital Cowboys Um, Paul do you remember that one it was called it was called Rock Band Uh, we prefer to think of it as Guitar Hero World Tour Uh, October 2007 in the States yeah I believe, was it May 2008 for us? Yes, I think it was like the 23rd of May. I've got that kind of date in gray, you know, in gray, <laughs> on my side, for various on your arm. Pretty um, much, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I believe the, the, the front cover of the episode of Digital Cowboys, it, that, that May actually had us playing rock band. And do you remember what the actual title was, Paul? It was something along the lines of that long fucking last or something. Yes, something it actually like exactly was. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's rock band. And, Right, now here is the bone of contention, because basically we are going to have to now pitch Guitar Hero 3, released in America in October 2007, against Rock Band, released in America in October 2007. Let's talk about Guitar Hero 3 first, because the Guitar Hero series absolutely has to be mentioned. Now, Guitar Hero 1, it's a product of the previous generation, came out on the PS2, as did Guitar Hero 2, and there was a port on a 360, which was very, very popular, and some would say was the best of all the Guitar Hero games. Yes. Yeah, and, and that's the problem here, is that it feels wrong to say Guitar Hero 3, because that is in no... that Well, certainly as far as I'm concerned, didn't define this generation, because if we're talking about the guitar game that spawned yeah. Rock Band, we're talking about Guitar Hero 2, and that's not a game of this generation. Yeah, it's, it's iterating upon one from the previous. It's also, it's also keen, I'd also be keen to point out that Guitar Hero 2, I, I consider to be from the previous generation anyway, yeah. because it was a PS2 yeah. game to begin with. Oh, exactly. Despite being, yeah, I mean, and I, I think that's, that to me is why Guitar Hero 3 doesn't really 
doesn't for me doesn't seem more isn't more significant. Yeah, it may have sold more. It probably bought the uh, it probably did more for bringing the music game to the masses. Mm. And I think I think it's fair to say that in Europe, well, outside of the US, uh, Guitar Hero is uh, by far the, the sort of the known brand in terms of music games. Obviously, the decline of it, you know, notwithstanding. But in the States, it's a lot. It's a much much closer run thing. Rock Band and Guitar Hero are a lot more head to head than I think a lot of people uh, kind of underestimate estimate that where you know mm. certainly on this side of the pond uh, and i don't i don't uh, that's kind of where i think a lot of the there was a, yeah. there was a bit of a debate about this on the thread and i i argued that um for me that the the key thing is that uh, rock band is it's sort of bringing the you know we talk about we sports bringing people together i mean this is like the music game was quite it, it's been quite an important game this generation it's, it's sort of kind of thing this generation i don't mm. think that, i think it'd be hard to argue against that and for me rock band represents the sort of the bringing together of the whole the party, you know, bringing all of the, all, you know, loads of people together to play cooperatively, if you will, you know, rather than just two people with guitars playing, you know, one playing a guitar part and one playing rhythm or bass or whatever. It's just, it's a part, it's the party game bit of it and the sort of the, the, the multiplayer aspect. It's just the evolution of this particular genre. Obviously, there have been other music games like, you know, DJ Hero and things like that, but for me, this is what really kind of defined uh, the music games this generation i know i i had to be really careful because obviously i know i'm like a huge rock band fan and i I thought long and hard about debating this but in the end i thought there were actually there were some solid there was some solid grounding for my sort of uh you know in throwing that out instead of say guitar uh, keeping that instead of uh, you know chucking out guitar Hero three which i think i think is basically a relic uh kind of the, the swan song of the fight of the previous generation in fact it was released on the ps2 as well <coughs> as was although rock band and rock band 2 were as well but um and then you know after that obviously as we we famously know you know it's we, we prefer to you know we prefer to think of it as guitar hero world tour you know um that came out a year later when rock band 2 was launched so yeah. um i don't know whether my argument is actually sound. I've no idea, but uh, I, I, that's kind of what I think on it. So, I, th- I think I've got three <clears throat> three problems with having Rock Band on the list. Um, I think the first is I don't see what it influenced. I don't mm. see what its legacy is, other than <laughs> there no longer being any of these games being made. Um, that's probably quite uh, maybe the killer. <laughs> um, which maybe is an argument for Guitar Hero 3 well, because don't it think had any... a negative impact in, in the long run, yeah. which may, effectively that along that line was the line of influence, more I'd... so than Rock Band, which was kind of like a sideline. I would also say that mechanically um, these games are last generation because there's nothing on offer in Rock Band that you didn't get in Guitar Hero 1 and 2 or SingStar. So... Um, <laughs> All it's really drums and the ability to play all at once. No, no, but mechanically, (laughs) the drums are the same as the guitar. All you're doing is pressing buttons in 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 sync with coloured icons on the screen. It's not any different. I don't know if I. No, no, no. Let me finish the point. Okay. So mechanic. I'm I'm talking about mechanics. You know, mechanics of actually playing the game is is either uh, karaoke sing star or it is using a plastic instrument to match coloured notes on the screen. And those, both of those mechanics 
were defined and perfected in the generation before in both SingStar, which also had the thing with the eye toy as well, and also um, in Guitar Hero two and one and two, and then before that, of course, there were things like Guitar Freaks that, that Konami did. So for me, the, I'm just saying another another weakness against the Rock Band argument is that mechanically it's supplying that, us with something it was done, something already. done previously yeah. and those yeah. games probably had more influence on rock band than than rock, rock band, band itself previous. yeah yeah okay the the third thing is that i you know if i was to say why is this considered to be one of the most important it's um I, I, my feeling is is that a lot of people feel it's it was important because of the anticipation of it. It was probably I would say that arguably this was the most anticipated game, particularly for people in Europe, because as you quite rightly said, we had months and months and months of desperately wanting to try this thing. I can remember <laughs> listening to podcasts, including yours, uh, versus every podcast I listened to every bloody week. When are we going to get Rock Band? Why don't we get Rock Band? Blah blah blah. You know so. I feel that there's this sort of pent-up need to elevate rock, um, rock Band up there to say it's you know it's such a massively important game because there was just so much anticipation of what it was going to be, um, and I just feel that it, although it delivered, I mean I, I you know I've got Rock Band all three Rock Bands on both consoles, so I'm not you know I'm, I'm coming from a point of view of being a fan of it, but. Um, Not counting Beatles or Green Day, or I've got Lego. I've got Beatles on both actually. Even though I right. can't stand the Beatles, I've, I love Beatles. Rock oh Band. God, I forgot you had the Beatles as well. <laughs> but I actually Quick. really like Beatles Rock Band. But I I just okay. feel that they, you know, that that's one of the reasons we feel it's important. Not actually what it achieved. Okay, okay, my right. Against it. Um, right. Can we just hear from before Paul rebuts that one because I could feel it, you know, coming. Sinan or James, any views on the uh, either Rock Band or Guitar Hero Three? Or any other Guitar Hero games you actually think it might be more important? Well, I had something that, to follow up on what something James said, so maybe James can follow that. Mm. Um, and it, it, you were mentioning Guitar Hero 2 as being, you know, the game which set up Guitar Hero 3 mm. and its importance. And I, I think that's really valid. And so what you were saying, Paul, about this, um, the attention being bigger in America for rock band, mm. I think it depends on where you define your boundaries. I think if you look at the insular sort of gaming community... Yeah, I can buy that, actually. I can buy Rock Band being as um, important or as talked about or as, you know, uh, whatever within that. But mainstream? No. Guitar Hero was the mainstream thing. Guitar Hero was the thing that appeared on South Park, that appeared on, you know, Conan O'Brien. Well, Rock Band also things. appeared on South Park, but carry on. It, did it get it its did. own episode? Uh, yeah, well, it, it would influence the, the, fact that there, the fact that there's a... Like, it's a yeah, there was a the, whole... The, the, there was a whole episode that had the episode had... Guitar Quero. Yeah. Versus the Whale Whores episode featured Rock Band. It had a Cartman singing Poker Face, and that Cartman version of Poker Face ended up on Rock Band in a weird cyclical <laughs> scenario. But and carry it, on. It, it, it did go viral. There is an argument. But, uh, you know, in, in the same way World of Warcraft got its own South Park episode, Guitar Hero got its own South Park episode, it was, you know, when you... People are going to know the name Guitar Hero over Rock Band outside of the gaming community. It's the name that you know you associate with the plastic guitar, and mm-hmm. I think it, it, there was that mainstream fascination with gaming as this, this is something new. Even if it wasn't, you know, Zan, it wasn't new. There was this mainstream fascination with it being new, and, mm-hmm. it, and it again, there's an argument that it brought people to gaming who might not otherwise have come to it. Uh, James, uh, yeah. <laughs> This is the most tense. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm really torn because 
I think, following on from what Sarah said, the reason that our sort of community, uh, and particularly people who listen to Digital Cowboys, people who were listening to gaming podcasts, mm. loved Rock Band because they knew it was harmonics, and they knew that harmonics were the ones that created Guitar Hero. Yes. All right, Guitar Hero wasn't completely unique, and it was based on games of theirs previously, which were based on, on Bimani games Guitar from back freaks. in the 90s. Yeah, so there's all sorts of... of heritage there but harmonics was the one was the company that people clung to amongst people who knew what was going on yeah they knew that harmonics wanted to take the extra year to make rock band and activision said no and so they went their separate ways and people followed rock band and that's why rock band had this aura attached to it and the fact that we never got a release date it was just postponed and postponed and postponed in uk and europe meant that it had that sort of lasting, desperate desire that people had to get a hold of it. Jesus. I'm, I'm flashing back right now to that time. It wasn't so, pleasant. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. Uh, the, the really weird thing about this for me is that I'm not a big fan of Activision. I don't like the way that they treat developers that are under them. And I, I bought Guitar Hero and Guitar Hero 2 on, on um, previous um, consoles on the PS2. And so I knew Rock Band was um, harmonics, and I bought Rock Band and Rock Band 2 and Rock Band 3 and more DLC than I would care to imagine. I imported the discs from one to the next when they came out, and I played some total of maybe three hours of Rock Band games. Maybe three hours. Compared to much more of Guitar Hero 1 and 2. So therefore, I have zero... I've got this weird thing where I've got this big attachment to Rock Band and what it represents as a video game and this company doing what it wanted to do and making this game that was the pinnacle of the music game genre, probably. It was like they were the authentic underdogs yeah. against the big corporation. And, and so I Despite ended up supporting this. Like, yeah, another yeah. big corporation. Well, exactly, yeah. But I ended up supporting this company in the face of me actually not enjoying music games all that much. Hmm. just because I'm not particularly good at them, I don't have people to play with, so I have no desire to sit there failing incredibly badly at a game and not actually getting anything from it. But that's me, so I'm putting aside my feelings about playing the game and thinking about what the game means to me and wondering if maybe... (sighs) See, I I don't know. I, I feel like Rock Band has had a bit of a legacy. I think the fact that Guitar Hero ended up becoming like Rock Band a year later. But does that not make Rock Band merely the kill switch in this scenario? Well, or or does, well, that, it, no, does, it, does it make it... Hold on, Paul, I will definitely give you your time, but carry on. Or does it make it the Gears of War and the kill switch is Guitar Hero 1 and 2 or games previous to that in the previous mm. generation? But So there's two points I want to make. First of all, I think... Rock Band sold DLC. We can't look past the fact that DLC is a big part of Rock Band's legacy. A 50% lot of, off of uh, 1,100 tracks this, this week. Yeah. So <laughs> there, there's a lot of people got used to buying DLC because of Rock Band, and it has right. had a profound effect on the selling of DLC and the way games go about selling DLC. Mm. Guitar Hero never had that because they never got it right. Yeah. Uh, even when Harmonix were in charge of it, Harmonix didn't get to do what they wanted to do with it. Um, the other thing I would say is, I asked the question again, a bit like God of War, is it really Guitar Hero 1 or 2 we want to put on this list? Mm. Should it not really be in a previous generation that we put them on there? 
Right, so, okay, before we come back to you, Paul, I'm going to ask this question to redefine what we're asking here. What Are we suggesting that we put Rock Band on here, put Guitar Hero 3 on here, or put neither on here? Um, just, just go around in a circle, just answer one of those three. Um, Zan? Uh, neither, because I would say it's Guitar Hero 2, which is 6th gen. Okay, Sinner? Neither leaning towards Guitar Hero 2. Guitar Hero 2 over 3. Yeah, because yeah. it set up the, 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 the hype that came around in the sales okay. and the mainstream attention. James? Guitar Hero 3 doesn't go on this list, as far as I'm concerned. It was it, it, No, it was the beginning of the end. It wasn't, it wasn't a patch on Guitar Hero 1 and 2, and yeah, no, it doesn't belong in the list. So the, the question I'm asking is, is it Rock Band or is it Guitar Hero 2? I'm kind of leaning towards Guitar Hero 2. On a on a different list, you know. All right. Just from my point of view, I'm not talking about the quality of uh, Guitar Hero Three, but the sheer fact that it sold. Did it did it sell a billion units? No, it was a billion dollars. It made. It was a billion dollars worth. Okay, so it, it, it sold a shed load. Yeah. Right. It was a very significant part of a long chain that led to the rise and fall of the music game genre. Now, looking at these ten. In the middle of this generation, music rhythm action games were enormous. We would be remiss not to put one of them on this list. I, all, I pretty much almost cannot allow neither of them to be put on as one of these. The, the sheer impact of all of these games being played, all of these, just it, it got run into the ground because there were so many. But I would also say, looking at this list, look how many first-person shooters there are, yet there's only one on the list. Yeah. So that's not necessarily... Okay. How many 2D platformers are there on the list? And 2D platformers have been massive the last two years. But 2D platformers didn't put all of this plastic crap into uh, game shops. and People were, they were just clearing off space to put extra guitars in, and then they were just clearing out the guitars because the market folded. Now, I'm going to get back to Paul, because Paul needs to say this next thing. <laughs> Go. Do, do I? Well, well I, I suppose for, from, from my point of view, the thing that, uh, I mean, I, I, I've no idea how, I don't know if this is a particularly strong thing, but for me, it's, it's always been about the, it's the party game element of it. I can't actually recall prior to that anything that had the kind of impact that Rock Band did for, you know, for that kind of, for that kind of game. And I say this because I've been to, I've been to Rock Band nights in London before. I've never done anything like that before. Now, mm. I don't know whether that's a particularly strong argument. I, it probably isn't in, in reality. And, you pro- and Gary and, Z- and Sinan are probably right. It might, there, is a, there is an argument that it might, neither of them is, is suitable, really. But from... I just think from the point of view that the music genre has kind of, kind of, you know, I mean, to, you know, some people act like rock band is actually dead. It, it's not. It's, it's absolutely in a, in a decline, but they are, harmonics are still releasing DLC for it every single week, as they have done for, for five years now. So um, people act like it's something that's died, and it, it, it's definitely, it's gone back to a niche like it was prior to all of this prior to the explosion essentially that's what's happened to it but that doesn't mean um, that Rock Band itself didn't have any kind of impact I just, I just say from my point of view it's always been uh, it, it gave a certain a, a, a certain kind of gamer who maybe wasn't so interested in shooting the crap out of their mates all the time we'll get on we'll get on to number six in a minute um, but there, there was a certain kind of 
thing where you know some people just kind of felt alienated and kind of left out and and you know when I when I was when rock band was at its height if if you go online it was very very easy to find people to play with it wasn't wasn't hard at all and certainly if, if certainly if you went to vocals it was a doddle as I discovered mm. uh, but I just think I you know I don't know, so I don't know that based on what Gary and uh, and Sinan have said I mean I think yeah there is you could uh, you could say it's it's last gen but for me it's not just it's not just about the you know the, the mechanics of it. It's more about the sort of uh, the you know the bringing people together to sort of play these games in a in a much more sort of um, kind of less competitive and more sort of together way co-op cooperative play. Which is I, I'm not really I didn't I never really felt was Matt was a massive big deal prior to that. Maybe that's just me, but I, I didn't feel I didn't feel it was anyway. So and and it's one it's actually one of the things that cemented uh, for just from my own personal point of view that I actually preferred playing games where you work together rather than working against one another. And that's that's kind of kind of carried on for me. But that's just a personal thing. So, I, can't, I don't really have anything to add to it, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, uh, you're, um, of the three, you're going to go with Rock Band? Uh, well, from my point of view, yes. I mean, I, I'd still say that. But then, you know, it, there is a debate. Do, it, do, do, I, do either of them really suit it? But I, I definitely don't think it's Guitar Hero 3 or Guitar Hero 2, uh, because they are absolutely uh, fall into the into the previous gen category. I don't, even, even despite the fact that the, the second one was on the 360. They don't... They, don't they wouldn't fit for me from my point of view for the, for this generation anyway okay, I just had a quick look on, at figures for Rock Band because I was kind of intrigued to sort of when, <coughs> when Paul said yeah. you know kind of gamer and it was I was thinking well, how many of that certain kind of gamer I was surprised it's more than I thought 4 million units sold of Rock Band yeah. but more more astoundingly 100 million <laughs> downloadable song purchases yeah. since the Rock Band's release which goes to James' point about DLC which is <coughs> I don't know that that I could be swung by that because DLC is huge now. There's no other major was, game on this list which is all about DLC. They got Microsoft to redesign the way the 360 worked in order to get the export. Not that, there's, not that that's a reason, but right, they, got, they, they, they actually had to get them to redesign the 360 so they could do the, you know, the export of the disc for Rock Band 1. All, I mean, there's all sorts of weird crap they had to do, so, which wasn't in place. It, it just sort of suggests... Uh, they, in fact, the, the whole weekly DLC thing kind of threw Microsoft initially. Mm-hmm. They had to work along. I mean, and, and also, factor in that, that they, were, you know, they, were, they were working with MT. TV. They were owned by MTV Games, and their publishing partner was the EA Partners thing. They were essentially on their own doing this, versus the might of you know, Activision, a gargantuan company who can shift these bits of hardware all over. This, I mean, the reason, one of the reasons for the delay was this, the, you know, the, the, the logistics of shipping all this stuff. It was a lot harder for them. Uh, the fact that it actually outlasted Guitar Hero, Activision gave up basically because they, they realised that you know, the, the, the money had run out, and they just, I mean, Warriors of Rock was a complete shame. Ambles. I mean, all of that stuff. But you know, it's amazing actually that the harmonics sort of, sort of survived in a way. It's, it's actually quite incredible. Yeah. So I, d- I don't know how exactly they. But you know, then they've gone. They've shifted focus away onto you know Dance Central and all that kind of thing. So, um, but they still seem keen to support. You know what essentially catapulted them. Um, you know, in, into the sort of limelight this generation. So, you know, that- can I just read read you out a definition from somewhere? Yo. Okay, this is Eurograber, and they they described this game as the definitive social game, and commented that the game was buffed, polished, polished, and arranged to generate the maximum degree of entertainment. What game do you think that was? SingStar. Yeah. Guitar. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is that SingStar, 
I the original SingStar on the on the PS on the well original SingStar and the SingStar on the PS2 sold massive volumes. You know, it was like especially biggest, in Europe. It was like the biggest selling yeah exactly biggest selling game um, for three or four years. It was huge, and people had SingStar parties. That you know exactly like you had with Rock Band. It was the Rock Band phenomenon was not new. It's just that so for whatever reason, SingStar seems to have got lost in lost in the in the mists of time, but mm. back towards the tail end of the PS2, SingStar was massive. I mean, huge. And SingStar on the PS3 also has a huge back catalogue of downloadable content, also, which is still coming out now. So it's not... And SingStar was released almost exactly the same time as, as Rock Band on the PS3, but it was obviously based on a... On a, on a I, I, I would really definitely sure put... Yeah, SingStar. I just checked. I just looked it up. I would definitely put SingStar on the PS2 list of the, the six-generation stuff. And that's the problem, that Guitar Hero 1 and 2 and SingStar, I feel, did what Rock Band did earlier. What Rock Band did was bring them together in a different musical genre. They did it with rock music, whereas SingStar very much did it with pop music. And it was the fact that it was rock music mixed with gaming geeks that made... Um, you know, that, that, that made uh, Rock Band what it is. And Rock Band is a fantastic game, but I don't think it, it is an influential or, or as important as we think. It was, like I said, the most anticipated game for me. Right. I, I, I would shoot down the, the argument about downloadable content with SingStar, though. I mean, I think you have to remember that was a PS, it was a PS3 game, and there wasn't much of an install base when it came out compared to the 360. And, you know, the online was certainly not being utilised as much as online on Xbox. So, you know, DLC, I, I look at as a phenomenon that started on Xbox, and I think... I'm kind of convinced by what I'm hearing. Like it starts with rock band. It, I can't think of anything else that really. I brought disagree because the SingStar store was was there available from day one and was far more sophisticated than the rock band one. The rock band one but didn't get. It. Sorry, who people used who bought it, SingStar. I mean, I used it. People who bought well, yeah, SingStar. but more people, more people, money, much more people used rock band Ult- and the yeah. And ultimately, the rock band ultimately, they 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 did yeah. But that's because the SingStar phenomenon had kind of passed over. You know that that. That was very much a PS2 era thing, and, and you know the kids that went out and bought SingStar had loads of those discs anyway. So they didn't need to go and buy loads of uh, downloadable content. Plus the fact you could actually import some of your PS2 discs into SingStar anyway. Again, they uh, were the first to no, do that. Yeah. No, so, you could. No, you couldn't do any no, of that. Uh, they, they, they introduced the ability to play. Uh, you could you switch out your discs. Yeah. Switch no, discs you out. Uh, but no, you couldn't. You couldn't. Absolutely couldn't. The um, the important thing was the importing tracks from previous game was, was something that happened with Rock Band. The what you could do in SingStar was many many. Uh, I mean, it was over, it was over a year later they added a, an update that allowed you to put your PS2 discs in, discs swap in. them out, so you could then play the tracks on them. But that's you not could the download. Same. You could uh, download they, games that you previously that, no, they introduced, had to no, the, the, they what they did they introduced DLC for it that was were songs from PS2 discs, but yeah. you had to pay for them still. There wasn't yeah 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 you had to pay. Well, the same with the with the rock band, you had to pay that fee. But yeah, I mean, no, no, I, I, no 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 there was there was no exporting. There was no, that didn't happen. That absolutely did I, not happen. I did it. I've done it. it. No, it didn't happen. I can assure you, it didn't happen. I can assure you, did I did it. <laughs> Well, are, you, are you claiming you, you, you purchased a, a PS2 disc that you were able to export all the tracks from to play in things like No, 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 you didn't export all the tracks. You put the <laughs> PS2 disc in, it recognised the game, and then it allowed you to download from the store. Uh, no, no, a, no, 
That didn't happen. Absolutely not. That absolutely didn't happen. What did I did it? I can absolutely categorically <laughs> state 100% that that did not happen. So <laughs> Okay, hang on. Hang, let, internet's going to try and decide this one. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Let's, I'm, just, I'm calling this off for a moment, okay? This is important to note that, like in Sunshine, this is not a democracy. This is, uh, so we can't really vote on this. It's not like, you know, three people say no, one person says Guitar Hero, one person says Rock Band. We can't, it's not like a consensus has to be reached on this one. I think that there have actually been some pretty strong arguments either way. So I'm actually going to highlight this one track in green, and we maybe will come back to it, or maybe just leave it. Because I don't really want to have anyone argue to a standstill on this. Is that fair? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Cool. Because I've, I've, it's, it's, it's fascinating hearing the back and forth thing. All the gods have lent their voices to the thunder and the devil are holding down the suns forever and the world seems to stop for the voices in the garden like your horses they have come fallen angels Next one, Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, November 2007. Now, because I've hardly said a word for ages, I'm going to explain why this is on there. Um, it comes down to the fact that in the multiplayer, you leveled up your character, and you, you know, the more you shot people with an Uzi 9mm, the better you got at shooting people with an Uzi 9mm. And... This had been done in... It was, was this in Counter-Strike or something like that before? Was there a sense of levelling or was, was it just buying things? Counter-Strike, I, was, Counter-Strike was buying things. So buying you, things. You got, right. kept a certain amount of cash, yeah. But it wasn't about the more, the more you shoot people, the better you got with that gun. No, the first game to do that was Rainbow Six Vegas. Oh, right. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, that definitely came out before this. Then, so was that actually a very similar system? It was called um, it's called it's called Ace or something like that. Um, because we're doing it for Gamers Reaper at the moment on oh, right. Reg- yeah, Vegas Two. Yeah, basis Ace is high or something like that. Or yeah, yeah something yeah, like that. Called Ace. So, yeah, you, you you earn XP and then it allows you to unlock uh, additional weapons. Yeah, they kind of did it with. Ghost Recon Advanced Warrior, but it was less right. prevalent. It wasn't, you know, like the XP thing and perk system you see. Gotcha. So yeah, I've got the the, the perk system. I think 
so would I be right in saying that Call of Duty 4 was the first one that, that just put it in our laps and said, right, the more you shoot people, the better you get. And the more kills you get, the more perks you get, the more abilities you get to kill more people. And if you kill enough people with your, you know, just shiving them or shooting them, you can call in a goddamn airstrike and decimate the entire next team. That, I mean, was, was there any other game that did that before this? Rack your brain. Um, again, Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter. Mm. You, you, if you played the multiplayer with co-op on that, you could do some of the stuff that the perk system in Call of yeah. Duty 2 allowed you to do, but there were things you could do as part of playing that game. Yeah. So you could control the UAV and position it, for example. Okay. Well, uh, you know what? Even if there were, there were, I think I'm, going, I'm getting caught up in the whole kill switch thing at this stage. Yeah. Call of Duty 4 was what made people go, oh, this is awesome. I've got a character, I'm leveling it up. It made it an RPG in the multiplayer, and people got addicted to that multiplayer, and that has persisted to this day. This is another one that's dodgy for me. I think it's on here because, because of the popularity uh, uh, and the huge sales that Call of Duty 4 mustard I mean it's not the first popular Call of Duty game no, obviously not the, first, no. the first three were massively popular but yeah and, and and it's not even the first one on the on the console I mean Call of mm. Duty 2 was, was huge on the original Xbox although it was just a port yeah. uh, and Call of Duty 3 sold really well and had a really interesting multiplayer um, I, I I think I argued this on the forum when the um, post when it first went up last, um, last uh, in the spring I think the game that influenced uh, this generation more than any other in terms of shooters and not and not a first person shooter either is Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter because um, it introduced an, uh, many concepts which then went on to become mainstays in the Call of Duty series and lots of other military shooters you know it, it, even even the look of that game which was BAFTA award winning for its uh, graphics and also its, its uh, the gameplay as well um, went on to influence how Call of Duty 4 and this whole plethora of modern warfare games actually look and play and it uh, certainly sold a whole ton as well. It's it sold like a whole ton. It's an obscure game with it one had, particularly interesting concept. It had co-op. It had um, online multiplayer combinations of like deathmatch and team deathmatch and everything else. It had, like I said, you didn't have a perk system as such, but you had the same type of equipment that you get in Modern Warfare. Um, was there a sense of levelling? I never actually played this one. Either. Not really. That was in Vegas. So what, what they... what. What um, Infinity Ward really did was take their Call of Duty 2 game, take the aesthetic and multiplayer cop design elements from Advanced Warfighter, and then marry that with the kind of ACES system that the the Vegas games had, had introduced. So it was, they they heavily borrowed from Ubisoft's two Red Storm Entertainment games, um, and integrated those features into their their online shooter, really to add you know to add something different to it. So, again, it's a little bit similar to the Rock Band argument in that um, what it did was take mechanics from two other games mm. and combine them to create something which yeah. then was a massive commercial success. It's whether you say that the most, influ- the most important game was the one that first did that, mm. or whether you say the most important game is the one that really influenced it the most. I think it's. Yeah. I, I think you can be much more clinical and look at it from a real um, sort of cold hard facts standpoint and say Call of Duty is probably 
the first series to become a cross-platform platform in that it is in its own way a platform. Activision mm-hmm. treats it like a platform. They have their own VIP service for it. It sells enough to be comparable. Each release sells enough to be comparable to install bases for yeah. Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. Culturally, um, it has had a massive impact, undeniably so. It's a, people right. who don't know anything about games know about Call of Duty in a way that Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter will never enter their minds. And it's something we said on our, on our last show, Zan, that like, I, I don't see where it ends. I, I can't see in the near future where Call of Duty stops being this popular. <laughs> they have to really screw it up at this stage. You know, it, it, it has to be um, some huge... You know, we've had something that's not even fixable by an online patch, or like right. completely rewriting the game's code and just patching the whole thing online. But we've had the developer leaving, and it still survived, right? Yeah. So, you know, um, what what can kill it? Well, uh, one of the developers. I mean, Treyarch have been there since three, haven't they? Three, yeah. And uh, who, who are the other ones? Raven, Raven, Infinity Ward. Infinity. No, no, I know about it. Sorry, I, I meant there's a there's the a sledge, much later. Sledgehammer yeah. or something. They come. They they yeah. they're coming into. They it, all right? came on in in and around the the end. Of, well, in and around the demise of Infinity Ward, if we call yeah. it that. And let's not forget, Infinity Ward is still going as as, yeah. a, as a developer. So they they're still the developer of the Modern Warfare games. So. Yeah. Um, right. What I would ask is. Gary, you're, you're obviously mentioned a couple of key things that that um, you see in Call of Duty 4 that came from mm. um, these other two games. Mm. Have Infinity Ward claimed that those two games were were an inspiration, or is it just that's the way that shooters were going generally, and this is a natural progression? I think it's unlikely. Hate- <coughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's unlikely that uh, Infinity Ward copied. Um, what uh, Red Storm Entertainment were doing with um, the Aces things, the perk systems and stuff, you know, the, the 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 XP and upgrade, because it came out within about six months. So I mean, it would have been in development a lot longer. Um, I think it's more likely that there was probably they were probably looking at where they could take online multiplayers next, and looking at things like MMOs and stuff. Then that's logically the the route you go. So so yeah, I guess my question is: Is it just one of those things that you had several? different design teams coming up with the same idea at the same time are we talking about you know you know deep impact and armageddon happening at the same time just because that was in the air you know yeah. oh, that's more to do with the fact that um when one studio hears that another studio is doing a friggin meteor picture yeah, they yeah, do yeah. they kick one into gear with I themselves think, <clears throat> but but the the influence of advanced warfighter i think is more pronounced i think there is because there was a good two and a half year gap yeah. between the two and yeah. I think that if you look at advanced if you go back and play advanced warfighter now you see the DNA of all modern military shooters it's, yeah. it's all there but I mean Call of Duty also specifically the ga- it's not just the multiplayer but the gameplay tapped into a Michael Bay style movie mentality which was still the- I mean if you remember playing the original like Rainbow Six on um, uh, on Xbox or uh, it wasn't the original Rainbow Six but the Rainbow Six uh, episodes on the Xbox they actually had the shower scene from The Rock in there so it was already creeping in that direction but Call of Duty made the whole thing into this giant action movie that you were stuck in the middle of which is something that the shooter had been leaning towards anyway, but the Call of Duty 4 specifically said, right, you are right in the middle of a huge movie. 
Well, and it's not it's it's easy to undersell the modern side of it, but that's hugely important um, mm. because I think it brought the gaming media to it more. I mean, uh, you know, like you said, Sam, Call of Duty was hugely popular before Modern Warfare, um, and with the media. Well, but it was always seen as for that kind of gamer who liked his World War shooters. Yeah, and then it was Modern one Warfare of many, many World War Two shooters. Yeah, right. right. And Modern Warfare comes along and you know references the Iraq War, um, has nuclear that amazing nuclear bomb moment. Um, you know, it 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 suddenly seemed relevant um, mm. to everyone, right? To everyone who gamed and to the, to gaming as a as a something that was, you know, viewed by the mainstream for better or for worse, as we've been saying all, all along. Mm. I, I think the telling thing is that, that my suspicion, I haven't played um, Ghost Recon Advanced War, Warfighter or its sequel, but my, my suspicion is, Gary, you're, you're probably absolutely right. That was a game that came out at the beginning of the 360s um, lifespan and really, a bit like Gears of War, showed what could happen with first-person shooter in current gen. But when I think about the legacy of modern combat first-person shooters, and, I mean, we can probably between us list, what, 20, maybe? If we include stuff like Battlefield Bad Company uh, and Battlefield 3, which, okay, had previous games to point to, but certainly the Bad Company games felt the influence of Modern Warfare, of Call of Duty 4, on them. Um, Much the same as World of Warcraft was massively influential on so many. Yeah, I, I just wonder if all of these games that we see now, you know, we, we talk about the the massive overdose of first person shooters and modern mm. combat first person shooters. Which game do they point to as their inspiration? Which game are they trying to ape? And it's probably not Advanced Warfighter. And unlike the uh, music with an action game genre, which has stalled to a, a, a trickle maintained by SingStar and the occasional rock band game, um, this is something that is not only still going, but actually keeps redoubling every goddamn year. Yeah, it's not going away anytime soon. Yeah. No. As it progresses, are sales are they actually increasing or are the they? Call of Duty, yeah, no. Finding it, how how is it? Record breaking every year. Because I don't, I don't know. I can't quite tell if it's if it's dipping or what. You, so it's, it's continuing to, to it's, increase, is it? It's not even dependent upon which of the Call of Duty titles it is. Yeah, oh, no, I, I realise or, or Black Ops. It seems yeah. that they, they. So yeah. we expect, we presumably expect, the presumably the most successful uh, Call of Duty game to date is Modern Warfare Three. I'm guessing. And are they anticipate? Are we anticipating that Black Ops Two will outstrip that? Then is Black, that, is Black, Black Ops was the two. biggest selling. Oh, so so Modern Warfare Three dipped a bit. Are we saying? Or I'm just yeah. curious as to what the actual the numbers are, if you will. Uh, yeah, Black Ops was the peak, right? The, and, uh, and it actually it was still um, it's still selling today. It still mm. outsells Modern Warfare Three. Correct now. me if I'm wrong, Gary, but Ow. in in terms of units shipped, that's correct. But yeah. I think I'm right in saying Activision made a big deal about Modern Warfare Three still bringing in more revenue than Black Ops did, just by virtue, presumably, of them upping the the um, amount they charge for it because they did start charging seventy dollars yeah, in think, America and fifty is that pounds elite a year. stuff. I mean, how I mean, how's yeah. that all done? Because that that's yeah. a new thing for the, for Modern Warfare Three, wasn't it? Yeah, that's um, a big money. Yeah, and there's been a lot more DLC for Modern right. Warfare Three. Than I'm, I'm just I'm just curious because it's sort of I, I just I don't. You know, as you say, we can't really start see it peaking anytime, so it's kind of declining anytime soon. I mean, there's obviously been other examples of you know, genres rising and falling very obviously, um, but I just 
it's just, the, it just doesn't seem that it seems like an unstoppable juggernaut at the, the moment. The thing with these type of games, and um, I chuck Battlefield into that as well. Even though I, you know, Battlefield is one I enjoy, but they're like a sport. They've they've they've, they've gone beyond being a game. And right. so, uh, if you think of sport games like FIFA and Madden, they just mm. keep on going. Right. And, and these have fallen into that kind of mould now. I. I Definitely. Particularly Battlefield, so Battlefield Three and the Call of Team updates every year. But, but yeah, effectively <laughs> it is. It is an up. Yeah, it's it's a it's it is a sport. It's gone beyond just being Jeez. a game. Right. Um, okay. Right. Can I just say that to me, the explosion started by Modern Warfare. Sorry, the explosion started by Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare, and the explosion started by Guitar Hero Three. Obviously influenced by the games that came before them. To me, they're exactly the same. It's just that the Guitar Hero 3 explosion petered out a lot sooner, and the Modern Warfare one is still going. I, I think, uh, I guess, with the with Guitar Hero, there's the in, you know you've got all the investment of the hardware, the plastic. Yeah. I mean, what what you know, what do you need to play Call of Duty? Really, it's the controller. You know, uh, that's, yeah. I suppose uh, that uh, might a be controller, the a headset, and a bunch of four-letter words. I think that might be the difference. <laughs> and the so yeah. Well, yeah, not well, obviously. Yeah. And is there a radio-controlled car in one of them? Or <laughs> things that, that was in Black Ops. Right. Black Ops, yeah. What did Modern Warfare Three get? I can't even remember. Was that the a tank? Was it a tank? <laughs> it might as well have been. I, you could actually, I could actually believe that. Don't buy this. You have no testicles edition. Yeah. So I think that might also be one of the key differences. It's a bit hard. It's a bit easier for people to just go out and buy the you know game in a DVD case. They yeah. don't come home with this huge box. They've got to unpack it. You know, you've got to store it somewhere. All that kind but of thing. But if you ask your average Joe Schmo to remember the last ten years worth of gaming, you say, "Remember Call of Duty?" Of course, I remember Call of Duty. Remember Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter? Eh, they might remember that. Remember Guitar Hero? Hell's yes, I remember Guitar Hero. I. I think this list is going to be incomplete without a significant music game. Okay, my my counterpoints to that are, if if you ask people if they remember Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, they will say yes, absolutely. Ask them if they remember Guitar Hero, they'll say yes, absolutely. Ask them if they remember Guitar Hero 3 specifically, mm, not so much. They'll remember playing a plastic guitar. And and, and the other point I think I would say is, let's look at the game... I think I think I'm right in saying that we all agree that whether or not Call of Duty 4 took inspiration from something came, that came before it, just like Guitar Hero 3 did, right. it had a legacy afterwards. I'm not sure Guitar Hero 3 necessarily had a legacy. I can't point to that many games that were directly a result of Guitar Hero 3. I can point <laughs> can. to games... They all have names like Guitar Hero. But, but that wasn't a result of Guitar Hero 3. That was a result right. of... You know. No, actually, no. You're right. There was Rock Revolutions, and then there was a bunch of uh, most of them were actually published by Activision. There, there weren't other people trying to jump on the bandwagon yeah. because it was know, already I mean, being choked as it was. I don't know. I think Van Halen really was the pinnacle, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> God, jeez. Um, I think okay, that's so, the difference here is is the legacy. You know, yeah, yeah. we look at companies like THQ with with Homefront and and, um, and all sorts of other examples, uh, Turning Point and all these sort of, these games that were supposed to to revitalize companies because they were doing what Call of Duty did. I don't see... In a way, like companies churning out MMOs in the way... Yeah, it's more... Medal of Honor was like, right, we are now going to do a modern warfare Medal of Honor. We're just going to call it Medal of Honor. And there's definitely one or two examples of companies saying, like Konami did, we were here first, we're going to now bring out our own 
you know, music instrument game and failing miserably, but we're talking one or two. There aren't yeah. that many. It was just rock band it guitar was, heroes that ran after that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? It was, what? Well, I mean, 2007 through, let's face it, 2009. That's two years, really, of music games being huge and then people just getting cheesed off with them. And I think it's, it's, it's all Activision, I think, getting greedy as well. I, I still think that genre didn't need to die the way it did. But to Activision. Which still going to point at Guitar Hero 3 because they were like this this is the one I mean maybe what if you want to say world tour but that was just doing what Rock Band was doing already mm. okay well again we'll we're back on this discussion <laughs> um, okay can we at least agree that Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare probably should be on this list can I give you my favourite Modern Warfare stat because this is brilliant yeah, for it, yeah. the PS3 version of Modern Warfare 3 topped the Japanese charts in its first week the Japanese charts, 180,000. And not Japan. a blue haircut in sight. <laughs> exactly. But, but the, the, the point you're making, Sinan, is, is, is obviously that FPSs in Japan may as well be 360s in Japan. Yeah, Generally, it's... they just don't sell because they're not interested. And yet this one did. Okay. Yeah. I, think, I think it goes on using your um, Shakespeare, Christopher Marlowe analogy at the beginning. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's standing on the shoulders of Advanced yeah. Warfighter and the like, but yeah. it's it's the one people point to. Okay. So it's and, it's the Hamlet of this generation. Damn. One, and one of the panels. <laughs> and one of the panel is on a show that coined the military shooty shooty bang bang. Uh, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 we can't ignore that influence. So. Okay. Right. Right. Enough of this really unsavoury stuff. Let's talk about. <laughs> oh God, not this one. We fit. December two thousand seven. Otherwise known as well, what are you going to do with it now? This. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? I can't criticise Nintendo for at least having a good idea with this one and going, right, look, we will charge people $80 for a step and, <laughs> and, and giving people something else to do with the Wii and, and to then get people all suddenly talking about the Wii again and going, look, people are getting fit. It's being used in old people's homes. It's, I mean, this woman here lost 30 pounds on this thing. It's saving lives. And again, it got video games shown in a positive light. And the more video games being shown in a positive light, the better. Unfortunately, the way the media handles it, it's usually Nintendo good, everything else bad. Can except I at the ask... moment. <laughs> oh, yeah, except, yeah, right now, slagging off the old Wii U. Yeah. Can I ask a rather facetious question? I'll just ask Do a question, so. and, I'll try, and I'll, try and, I'll try and illuminate my comment a little bit more. Sure. If needs be, but my facetious question is, what does Wii Fit do that Wii Sports didn't? Um, it says, you're fat! Oh. Wii Sports did that. <laughs> People already said, I'm getting fit playing Wii Sports. Wii Sports did that. This was just putting a weight... No, 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 no. You, you didn't... You misheard me. You fat. It's, it makes your avatar... It tells you. Bloody, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It blows it, it up and goes... Do, 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 do. <laughs> and it depresses you. Yeah. And then you have to be... You, you know, either you will either go, right, I am bloody... I am going to get thin on this thing. Yeah. And you do it for two or three weeks and then never touch the thing again. Or you just quit right then and there and go, you know what? I can be insulted by my kids. But that's right. just what Brain Age did. You said yeah. yourself, being told you had an age of 85 made you feel... Pretty bad it's, about yourself. So it's you Wii Sports games. meets Brain Age. It is. It is. It is yeah. the natural success of the Brain Age. I mean, that, I'm sure that's where the idea came from. So they thought, it, well, we it have is this massive Brain Age and Wii Sports together. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Yeah. yeah. 
because they even use the same terminology. You know, they talked about on Brain Nation talked about you know how old you is have your the body of an eighty-seven year old. They do it on We Fit. They use the same scale. They use the <laughs> yeah. So that's my question here. Yes, it's old scales, and and but again, I look at the legacy and I think, well, you talk about fitness games. A lot of them are actually dancing games, yeah. really, and that's not We Fit's legacy. And they, again, they did that in the last generation. You know the um, yeah. Absolutely. The Konami ones, they they had the um, calorie counters and things like that on them as well. You know, the ones with yeah, the there was, well, yeah, there was there was one. There was a mo- the mo- uh, the the eye toy had some. There was the yeah. health, fitness game there as yeah. well. I'm oh, yeah. going to play the cultural impact card again, though. Here, people. I mean, seriously, this got old ladies talking about this thing. I think we sports did. I think Brain Age did. Mm. I don't think. I think we fit was a second wind. I don't think it did anything that brave why am I defending this piece of shit before I, I saw it on the list and I just thought hang on brain age plus Wii Sports equals Wii Fit what's it really doing that's different right. it, Nintendo took two things that had been very successful for them packaged it with a scale in the box and sold it to you but even the peripheral isn't Wii Fit's legacy but it people def- were buying Wii's again the, the people who hadn't been caught the first time were being caught out this second time with what looked like actual gym equipment and being told, look, this will actually get you fit the way those DVDs and those, you know, expensive gym... Those things you bought after Christmas. Didn't <laughs> you know? And didn't use... This is definitely not one of those things you buy for Christmas and then never bloody use. The, no, absolutely the is, not. <laughs> the, the thing is, if, you, if you're going to tell the story of how we got from the Wii to connect and PlayStation Move, I yeah. don't see where you can't put Wii Fit in there. And I think that's huge because, you know, I think you, you can say, James, that this just did that, whatever, but, and I know we don't say sales are important, but this thing was phenomenal. It mm. sold crazy. And all it was was scales in a game. And they, they sold scales to us. They sold scales to us. And so I think Microsoft and Sony were forever influenced by that. They were, well, not forever, hopefully, but they, they, they saw that <laughs> and thought, well, we can, we can do that. We can try and do that. We all do that with PlayStation Move. We all do that Connect, which were peripherals, right? You have to remember. So um, it, it did change the next few years. I mean, if, how, if you may argue that um, Move and Connect have not had impacts, but they've had, they've been important for Sony and Microsoft and what they've been trying to do this generation. Yeah, I just wonder if it wasn't Wii Sports that did that more than Wii Fit. I don't know. I'm kind of with Sinan on this because it, it I think it's the, it was the first game to use actual biometric data to, mm. to, to um, enhance gameplay, which is something that Connect has also taken into account. Um, I think when you talk about Wii Sports, I mean all that really is 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 you're a bit more active because you're standing up and swinging an arm, whereas rather than pressing a button, Wii Fit. Yeah, there's certainly there was a lot more to. I mean, I've, we've got Wii Fit, and there's a lot more to Wii Fit than than that. You know, there was, you know, there was, I know, there was all the crappy yoga and stuff. But you know, <laughs> I, it, I, it gives you some feedback as to how you're doing. Exactly, it's, it's, it's giving you it's giving you feedback based on real time biometric yeah. data, which. You know, uh, and also based on actual fitness advice. I feel a bit trimmer and stuff, you know, playing Wii Sports, which is fair enough. But I think, as you said, I think this is the your right hand might be. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I I I I debate the whole. You know, I don't. I'm I'm, well. I didn't find Wii Sports was particularly helpful. Mind you, I didn't really find Wii Fit because I think well, Wii Fit was 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 focusing on the the Japanese way of exercising, ultimately, uh, which is much more about 
yoga and standing like a complete pillock on a set of scales in front of your TV. Um, and, it, and it also judged us Westerners based on the Japanese body type. Of course, my, my wee me bloated the second yeah. I saw on it. It's not just that I'm a porker. But that, that's then, that was then followed by sort of, you know, if you think EA Sports Active on the uh, mm-hmm. Wii as well, which was much more, uh, the more sort of traditional Western, you know, idea of what exercise entails, you know. And um, your shape fitness of old on Kinect, yeah, which Sharon okay. still likes. So, I mean, I, so, I, I so it's, the, it's, the, it's giving you actual feedback. That's I think when, when people look back at this generation, I think Wii Fit will be mentioned. I think that's yeah. the thing. yeah. As will Guitar Hero. So I'm, all, I'm, all I'm really after, <laughs> I guess... Come on! <laughs> all I'm really after, I guess, is what did Wii Fit bring? And I guess what we're saying is what it brought was an actual pseudoscience or science in terms of fitness. And actually, as you say, using biometric data, yeah. attempting to give you demonstrations of how you should be performing the exercise, and that then turned into the other fitness games we've got. And in an accessible, cuddly way. They could have put out a very super scientific game and no one would have bought it because it would have been scary. This Mm. was like little cuddly, little guys, like Fisher-Price men. And I suppose it it also removed the embarrassment of having to go to a gym or go to a fitness instructor and be told you're fat. It did it in a... It may have made you felt bad, but actually you knew there was no one else, or well, hopefully there was no one else watching <laughs> your your wee balloon on you, screen. You didn't have <laughs> your Chad telling you you're rubbish, you know. So Christmas morning, tried. watching your entire yeah. family see just I'm, how fat yeah. you are. On it was, uh, when I did it, it was fucking depressing. I, <laughs> I immediately turned it off. I don't want it on this list. I'm looking at the contenders and going any of them over this one, but, uh, it, but, but it's I think one it, of those ones where it kind of has to be. I think it's, it's, look, it's look, really looking, looking to eight, number eight. Uh, well, you know, oh, <laughs> it's getting anyway, worse. Get, we'll get to that. I, I just, I, I, I still think it's really important that it brought back first party peripheral. It brought back the first party expensive peripheral, which we've now had with Move and Connect. Um, you know, Nintendo suddenly discovered, hey, we can actually sell something like this in bundles, and you know, Microsoft and Sony have done as well. Maybe not hugely successful, but they have. And when was the last time that we really had first-party peripherals? Yeah. Connect, yeah. I have to agree. Move, I would say, is more about the Wii Remote and Nunchuck. I mean, it's yeah. literally the Wii Remote and Nunchuck. Mm. But, 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 but was, was Sony convinced they could sell it until we Fit oh, came? I don't yeah, know if they were. So, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Okay, so... It, just so we can stop talking about it. Is it on the list? I think it has to be. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, m- my argument is mechanical. I think mechanically it's not really doing anything that Nintendo hadn't already seen work before. Mm. But the the point is, yeah, that it, it gave them a second wind. They found a way to to reinvigorate the Wii. And, yeah, but it's emblematic yeah, yeah. of Nintendo yeah. repackaging some elements that they'd already been successful with and, and people going, oh, this is brilliant and so new. And, and pure fitness games, leaving aside dancing fitness games and dancing yeah. games, and pure fitness games are now something that all three companies have to think about when it comes to making games. Mm, okay. Yeah, okay. Right, so next one. Oh. <laughs> I... Uh, Okay, right. I, I have never played this game. I have watched a few videos of it on YouTube today. I never <laughs> want to play this game. The word it's play is probably misused. Yeah, experience yeah. rather than play. Um, I, I, I don't want to insult people who do play it. It's going to be hard not to, but... Um, 
Farmville, Zynga's new farm simulation game allows players to build and grow the farm of their dreams with the help of their friends. New players begin by customizing their farmer. Gender, eye color, and hairstyle are just a few of the many options available for users to create a unique character. Once your farmer is created, players then move on to build and customize their farms by plowing the land and then choosing what they want to grow from a large variety of crops such as strawberries, eggplant, wheat, and soybeans. All can be purchased from the Farmville Marketplace. Farmville! From milking cows to putting chickens in coops, this game pushes the limits of the imagination backwards! Farmville! It's about damn time. It's just like being a real farmer, only without the benefits! Farmville! Play Farmville to get out of dealing with issues, spending time with your children, or farming! Farmville! Where did the time go? Farmville! Designed by Kronos himself to alleviate the burden of time! Farmville! Farmville. The Facebook phenomenon that kind of kicked off this kind of game. And it it, yep. it probably wasn't the first one, but it's the first one that every, every bugger was playing. <laughs> and again, massive, massive cultural impact. And I hate having to play this card over and over again, but... <sighs> If Jay Leno can talk about it, then it's significant. It created a multi-billion dollar company out of nothing. And it it created a genre. (laughs) And it it didn't hurt Facebook either, let's be honest. Facebook did very well out of this sort of game and wouldn't be as... I mean, it would be popular, but it wouldn't be as popular as it is now without Farmville and the like. I, I played this game for a couple of months towards the end of 2009. Uh, what's it like? <laughs> you, you know <laughs> that. Describe in detail. Well, you know that once a day you need to go on to to Farmville because you've got your turns to use. Your you know your you've you've got an allocation of resource you can use. You go in. It feels it feels like playing Sim City, but when you actually analyse it, it's not like playing Sim City because there is no game there you, you, I started to think about it and I thought how is it actually different from Minecraft because you go in you can design you know you can you can design your farm the way you want it to be you can mm-hmm. you can use resources but it, it's not there's no actual game mechanic in there aside from put resource in get resource out and make it look the way you want it to look the, the what it does is exactly what World of Warcraft does and Borderlands we talked about last week on Cain and Rins it does what that does it found a way to make just clicking of a mouse compelling's the word or addictive if you want to call it that for two months every single night yeah compulsive's a great word for two months every single night myself and my girlfriend sat next to one another with a laptop on each of our laps doing our daily farmville routine at the end of it, I, um, you can buy extra... I can't even remember now what the resource you use is, but you can buy extra resource. I threw them 40 quid, which was the biggest amount of money Whoa. you could spend, because I'd spent two months playing a game. If I spent two months playing World of Warcraft, I'd have spent you know, not dissimilar to that sort of money. I threw them that money and switched it off, deleted my account, and never went back to it. I thought, you know what, they have made something that entertained me, brought me and my girlfriend closer together, got us talking with people at work about it. All of the people at work were playing at the same time. It's a social thing. It doesn't actually matter that what you're doing, there's no actual game almost engine behind it. There's, there's nothing for it to calculate or do or anything like that. You 
put your resource down, you know what you're going to get out of it at the end of 24 hours or however many hours you're sowing seeds for a crop for. And you go back and do it over and over again. It's compulsive is exactly the right word, Alex. Um, Microtransactions are obviously a big thing now. I was actually going to raise this when we talked about Rock Band, how much we actually think of DLC as microtransactions. And did Rock Band really start something there before it came to Farmville but there is no denying that Farmville, you know, I threw £40 at them at the end of it and said, you know what fair game, you you gave me this game to play for two months, I got a lot out of it I don't want to play it anymore because I'm bored stiff and I've seen through the, you know the BS of it, quite frankly Was it £40 at once? Yeah, they, they they have different amounts you can buy, and forty was right. the biggest amount. And I thought, you know what? If I'd played a game, I would have paid forty pounds for a game. It wouldn't have lasted me two months in a lot of cases. I think um, you need to check the dictionary under the term micro. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And but like like anything, like Microsoft points, when you go to top those off, they have yeah. the upper limit of what you can spend, and that was the upper yeah. limit. And I thought, fine, that's what I would have paid for this game had it been a boxed retail game. Gotcha. Done. Have you ever, have you ever played? Harvest Moon games? No, no, I haven't. I mean, it, I've never played Farmville, but from what I understand from what you described, it's yeah, nothing they, dissimilar mm. from that series. There is I, that I uh, Animal Crossing. Oh, they get no, Animal Crossing or yes. Viva Pinata is the one that yeah, you yeah. think of, that sort of thing. But sure. SimCity is the one I go back to because in that, but in that there is there are calculations going on behind the scenes. There are rolls of dice and. And there are mechanics to try and work out and think through. And I knew exactly fine well the best way for me to get as much as I could out of the game in terms of put the resource in, how can I maximize it? it you know, games like Fallout 3, I had spreadsheets to work out how I could maximize my character's um, stats. So I knew that if I went and got X bobblehead, I made sure I got X um, skill books. I could max out all of the skills to 100. That took a lot of work, not a lot of working out, it's not, it's not rocket science, but it took a bit of working out to figure out how I would do that and make sure I kept track of it. Farmville, two hours on that game, you know exactly how it works, you know which unlocks you want to do for what seeds you're going to sow, what vegetables or flowers you're going to grow to maximise your output. And it's really transparent. There's not a lot of working out to do compared to something like a, a strategy game or, or an RPG where you've really got to try and figure out how the game is treating your input to then see the output, how it works. But, but it's a simpler version of that. And for five minutes at work every day, you can do something similar, something that approximates those kind of games. Isn't it also a point with Farmville, it's a point of accessibility. You don't, you don't have a, I mean, lots of people on Facebook, you don't have to go through the rigmarole. There were probably games like this prior to that available as, on the PC, I would imagine. Mm. <laughs> but this gave it, it's just a place, you don't have to piss around installing anything. All you need is what, I guess it's Flash, isn't it? So there, there's an, ex- also, you know, they, they you know, very sort of cannily released a mobile client, which I, I know there's an iOS version. In fact, that's where I, I, I played this for a, a short while. When, when it was released on iOS, I mean, and frankly, I found it quite tedious in the end. Although, uh, similar games that have come out after it that aren't 
necessarily linked in with Facebook. Something like uh, Tiny, Tiny Tower, Tower is the one that... Um, <laughs> Sharon's that, been talking about that recently. I found that odd, oddly more compelling, uh, partly because it isn't... I don't feel that game in particular is ramming the whole microtransaction thing down your throat all the time. It doesn't do it at all. You don't, you don't need to pay, pay anything. Whereas I kind of felt with Farmville there was a lot more... Uh, it was just it was so sluggish and you know kind of kind of tedious. I, I suppose it's also I'm not terribly interested in farming and it's not really <laughs> interesting well, apart from anything. But I, I feel that there there is um, you know the Facebook game is has been a strange thing. It's it's kind of all over the shop. But I think as a poster child for that as something that's happened this generation, I think. Farm Bill is the most obvious one, regardless mm, of mm. Uh, it, its relative quality. But again, it's all... It's, That's people, a good argument for the next people, one as well. If people yeah. play it and enjoy it, then I don't see, the, see necessarily the problem. Um, so I'm not necessarily going to sort of... Although it looks silly to us, look, and certainly when you see a parody trailer on YouTube, like you showed us earlier, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's very easy to, to, to laugh at it. But for some people, that's... You know, it's something to do, as James, as James said, it's something you can do for five minutes uh, at work, be it on, be it on the, you know, work computer or you know, phone or what have you. Quickly, just do your thing and leave it and bugger off, and then it'll notify you a bit later. Yo, you need to do this, which is fine. You know, so for some people, that's all they really want to do. But it's something, yeah, it's a sort of compulsive thing, which I guess to a certain type of person, that's probably quite dangerous. Um, yeah. But you know. There are certainly plenty of uh, microtransaction games out there which do specifically prey on people's compulsions. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The whole, you know, the, there's a whole, yeah, that that whole market, which obviously will come on to in, in number nine. Not necessarily number nine isn't the example of that, but you know what what it represents. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. in that field. Yeah. I, I I I once I can't remember I can't remember the source of the quote now, but I once <coughs> read a, an article which basically said, "Who is being farmed in Farmville?" Because yeah, the people yeah. that were getting farmed are the people who were ploughing the money into it, yeah. and it it not only does it, you know, I'm uncomfortable with that aspect of it. I'm not, I'm not arguing the case whether it should be on the list or not, yeah. but um, it's pretty insidious in the way in which it encourages players to rope in other people. So it's like a yeah. pyramid scheme because yeah, Jesus Christ, the more people yeah, you get to play in your game, the more coins you get that you can then spend Absolutely. to buy more hedges or whatever it is. We've all, I'm oh sure God, we've all literally a pyramid scheme. I'm sure we've all had it's, the invite from some. You know, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. all of us are on Facebook. We've all had that. Come pl- join my game yeah. in Farmville. Blah. We've all had that, right? Yeah. So, and I, I felt when I played it, I deliberately avoided. All of that, unless the person, unless I was, unless I was sending the notification to someone who I knew played Farmville <laughs> as well, because I, I, I was so, uh, like Gary, I was very uncomfortable with sort of you know get, trying to rope other people in because it's horrible. The, the, that the, aspect of it did feature fairly heavily in an episode of South Park. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and, and on the further reading of that as well, people should look up Ian Bogost's Cow Clicker, which yeah, was um, that, yeah. a kind of a, an experiment meant to sort of uh, satirise. And yeah, it, it's, and it's, it's hugely. Oh, sorry, yeah. you go, James. No, I was just going to say it lays bare exactly what games like Farmville are, which is just click to feel good about yourself. Many would argue that something like World of Warcraft isn't that different. No, click a mouse until you level up, and the level up along with whatever iconic sound they choose to use. And Blizzard have made it easier and easier over the years to just sort of automate that system. Why do you think they've put it into first-person shooters and then given you a a way of buying the, you know, a quick route to it? Because they know that 
people will feel compelled to do that, and that people with more money than sense will pay to take shortcuts. I mean, that's yeah. it's, it's, they, you know, they they use the term gamification, but that's basically what they're doing is they're they're looking at ways of putting things into the game to compel you to do something you wouldn't normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, so, uh, I, a, I, a couple it, of things I would I would say is. Um, with Farmville, the thing that actually put me off as much as anything was having to have other people be your neighbours in the farm. It's not actually coins you get from that, but what it allows you to do, the more friends you have that are your neighbours, the bigger your farm. And you can um, either buy or save up um, over a period of time to make your farm bigger, but it takes an extraordinary amount of time, whereas getting an extra neighbour takes throwing them a message on um, on Facebook, I never liked the fact I didn't want to send messages. I didn't like receiving them. I prefer single player games. I don't like to have my experience sullied, for want of a better phrase, by other people who I might have to either rope in or or are interfering with with what I'm doing. So yeah, why do you think I, I always refuse people coming trying to get into my world in Minecraft? No, you're yeah. messing up. So so that that actually put me off that aspect of it, but. When, when we talk about social gaming, and when we talk about any kind of thing like TV shows or films, you talk about, it's an American phrase, that the water cooler moment. And mm. that's what Farmville did. It meant that people who you may otherwise not speak to at work or uh, you know, parents picking up their kids from school, talking to their parents, people you wouldn't necessarily speak to, Facebook gave them a way to connect. Farmville gave them something to talk about. And it's the silliest thing, but it it, it did and and I, I I don't regret spending time on it because I very quickly realised what Farmville was and it was just a levelling up system and it's just how how efficient can you make your levelling up versus other people's and inevitably it's more efficient if you spend money not more efficient is a bad way to put it but it's faster if you spend money um, Farmville actually I don't remember it being I knew fine well that if I spent money I would be able to improve in inverted commas, my farm quicker. But I never, it wasn't like at the end of every day it said it popped up unwarranted buy more. If I tried to do something and didn't have the resource, it said, do you want to buy more? But it never felt quite as, in, as insidious as probably now it is, and other games certainly are, where you know fine well on a lot of free to play games, when you log off, it will say, do you want to buy? When you click on almost anything, it will say, do you want to buy? because that's how they make their money, and Farmville definitely paved the way for that, although I don't think it's necessarily the worst example of it. We're not looking for worst examples, obviously, just it's the, the one that, yeah. that started everybody. It's not going, as yes. bad. I, I agree with James. I mean, I play games on, on iOS, for example, where it asked me to sign into my Apple ID at the beginning mm. of the game, yeah. you know, with the, with the sort of, under the sort of, ooh, so we can check to see uh, previous under, purchases. Yeah. Of course, mm-hmm. they're relying then on is you accidentally hitting the button to authorise uh, a payment of some description. Or lending I, your iPod to your three-year-old which child. Which really <laughs> terrible. I mean, I, 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 with, 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 with that sort of thing, I mean, I've bought, I've bought um, things um, within games on iOS, for example, like Jetpack Joyride, but, but that's where I felt it was worth it because I was actually really enjoying the game and I felt like there was something, I was actually achieving something by doing, uh, playing it. It wasn't, you know, this, I suppose, with Tiny Tower, I don't feel compelled to actually pay nimble bit any money but they don't seem to be ramming that down my throat because I can earn all this stuff over the, what's required to ultimately complete the game over time whereas as, as James said you know with it's just you can do it faster if you pay the stuff yeah. if, 
But, you know, I suppose that's the difference. Paul, you need to get some honey and lemon or Tell something. Tell me about yeah. it. Tell me about it. Jesus. We've been going, <laughs> to be fair, we've been going for three hours. So. I'm so sorry, guys. It's, so um, my, my throat, you know, I've, 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 I think I'm coming down with a bit of a cold, uh, <sighs> as you could probably work out. But uh, If I it helps, this might be one of the best video game podcasts I've ever heard about video games ever. I'm I have some, really, I have some, really happy to be a part of it. I have some soothers, so if my voice oh, sounds a bit ugh. Right. Um, unfortunately, yours is pretty much the next one, so <laughs> soothe your throat as much as you can. Okay, right, so before we move on, um, is Farmville going to be number eight on this list? I don't think anyone said no yet, have they? I think it stays for the negative impact it's had, and I don't see any other way to put it than the negative impact. Yeah. The social side of it, I can say, is definitely good, but free-to-play uh, gaming in browser gaming has been spurred on by a lot of uh, this yeah. Facebook stuff. There, there's good aspects to that, certainly, but the negative side of yeah. the the pay-to-win is is the the term that's now being used. Yeah. The pay-to-win, but the ridiculous thing of Farmville, of course, is there is no winning. There, yeah. there is no end game. You just have lots of cows. There, there isn't even. <laughs> I mean, even in, in World of Warcraft, you go on a dungeon raid. There is winning. Yeah. You know, there is an objective, there is an achievement. In Farmville, there literally is not, really. Um, but for for its legacy alone, scary as it is... And cultural impact, again, yeah, they're going to yeah, play that card. Yeah. It's yeah. huge. I think, for you know, there are so many uh, companies that have tried to copy what Farmville have done, has done. So I think even for that reason, it's clearly hugely influential. Yeah. And then um, Zynga have tried to copy everyone else. <laughs> yeah. They're all they're sued, they're, yeah. They're being yeah. sued out of the... Yeah, by EA. EA at the moment. Yeah, they're counselling <laughs> each they, other, they, they? they? nicked... Uh, they stole um, Tiny Tower. They, they they pilfered that for a game. Yeah. Um, there's all sorts of things like that, so... Right. <laughs> so that was number eight. Two left. <laughs> number nine. We had to think of a really impactful iOS game. Just well, a mobile game. Really more. Yeah, Smart. mobile game actually, because this <laughs> smartphone game, you're yep. absolutely right, Paul. Um, just something which summed up the sudden, like, I mean, like, we, this is really interesting to me cause because we've done this chronologically, we started at the beginning of the generation and now we're reaching the tail end here, and it's all about what has become, like, like the, the rock band thing was in the middle, and now it's like what's happened in the past couple of years. Smartphone gaming, absolutely huge. And so we had to hone in on one that kind of exemplified it and was one that everyone had played. Not necessarily everyone had liked, but just that that had a sense of real penetration. And I suggested Angry Birds. So, um, go. <laughs> the problem I have with this one is that I think it's all circumstantial. I think it's je- it was just there at the right, right time. time. Yeah. Okay. Carry on. We, we did say, I would just say that we did say that about the Nintendo games as well, that they got yeah. lucky. They were in the right place at the right time. It doesn't necessarily dampen their importance or their impact. I well, think I it's... Th- I, 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 sorry, I, I just think it... I, I, with the Nintendo games, I think it had a very identifiable legacy. With Angry Birds, I think it's the platform which was it built, right? But I think any game could have done that. So I we're talking Angry about Birds was there at the right time. 
something that exemplifies the platform rather than specifically a game that has had massive, massive impact right. in its own I, 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 And even then, like, for example, James, you, you, on Kenner you just talked about um, Swords and Sorcery a few episodes ago. Yep. Yeah. And I can't think of one game on that system which best uses the iOS, um, the touchscreen. It's just perfect. It uses every single part of it. Yeah. Angry Birds doesn't even do that. It misses out a few. And it's it's... Yeah. It, it's just frustrating because I just I can't think I, when I try to think of why it's all just because it was there at the right time just as things were going right for iOS okay so now, well can, can you suggest or can anyone suggest this is not me being shirty this is me actually going right this is not my specialty someone suggest a more impactful more legacy laden game than Angry Birds on uh, mobile platforms no I can't I actually can't do, do we have to have one though? I suppose not, technically, because I mean, uh, with the Wii, which has been massively impactful over this the, this this past generation, obviously a huge amount of that comes down to Wii Sports. There is no one killer app on the iOS that everyone is buying an iPhone or an Android device to actually play that one game. Possibly because you can play most games on different like everywhere. Paul, I mean, Paul, you clearly need to speak about this. I think from my point of view, it's just that I, I don't think you, this generation, I don't think you can actually ignore the rise of smartphone gaming. I know we, yeah. we've discussed what was the precursor to it, what with, bra- with Brain Age, um, yeah. but I, I just don't think you can ignore it. And I, I think from that point of view, the poster child for yeah. that particular mm. type of uh, gaming experience really, I mean, it may, I mean, Angry Birds didn't do this. I mean, they they basically copied another game called uh, I think it's uh, Crush the Castle, but which is terrible, I might add. Um, they is just it basically gave, a sideways version of? They um, just gave it a a bunch of characters who people could you know are kind of instantly recognisable. And, and I, it's, I mean, what's the what's the number of downloads? It's it's a ridiculous amount. I mean, that doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily indicative of its quality as such. Although I I actually happen to really like Angry Birds, but. When it comes down to it, you, I don't think you can ignore this particular trend. I mean, it's, it's hard to say what its influence is, because essentially we're still experiencing it. Um, so, well, I mean, yeah, there are the other games, the list, there are other games that do, that, yeah, uh, yeah, make better use of the tech that Apple and, and whoever provide. But I just don't think there's any one, one game that has managed uh, to just be the, the thing that everyone, you know, one of the, essentially, the go-to games, if you will, on these platforms, that, that Angry Birds, because it, right, it's on argu- everything. My, my argument is that, say with Brain Age, um, I'm not sure the DS would have taken off <laughs> without it. I'm not sure there was a game, there, you know, I think that game was hugely influential. It suddenly it discovered itself through that. Say with Wii Sports the same, I'm not sure the Wii would have found its game eventually. I think with Angry Birds, I'm pretty sure iOS and mobile and smartphones would have found their game because there was plenty. Um, and I, I just I can't see it as being anything but the circumstantial lucky lottery winner. Well, so was, it sounds tokenistic to put it in there. Yeah, yeah I mean, there was uh, don't forget there was flight control before it, which was yeah. the, the darling exactly. poster child before Angry Birds. Um, I'd also contest that Angry Birds actually almost identical to a game that came out on Spectrum about 25 years ago. Seriously? Um, and funny enough... Um, a I sideways version of Wrecketeer was the uh, game I was trying it's, to... It's, it's a very simple 
I mean, to code, it's actually fairly simple. You know, yeah. like Paul said, what they really did was give it this sort of lovely, glossy, um, cutesy finish to personality. It. Yeah. yeah, personality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I attended a, a panel a couple of years ago at, at a retro gaming conference where there were some guys, the ex-developers from Ocean back in the day yeah. on the Spectrum and stuff, who did you know mm-hmm. Batman and stuff, Robocop, Robocop. Yeah. yeah. And um, they were asked the question, "What do you think is the, um, you know, the the." the most important game of this generation. And to a person, each of them said Angry Birds. And I was blown away. But then when I, I thought back to it, I thought, well, hold on a minute. They're talking... I can understand why they're saying that because these guys come from a different era when they yeah. were... You know, these are bedroom coders that were making games that were just like this, really. And what they see in Angry Birds is what they probably went into the game industry to do and probably yeah. left the game industry when games like that went out of fashion. Um, so I can see both sides of the argument. I can see why we we feel the need to have a a mobile game on there. And if you're going to pick a mobile game, then I think this is probably the only one. But I I see Sinan's point as well. I I think this could have been one of a dozen games that really and 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 that Rovio did did get lucky with it. Um, but yeah, they got lucky with it for a good reason because people I, like it. But I, I mean, this, I, when if you if you bring in the cultural impact though, like like you have with other ones, Alex, you know, you have prime ministers talking about this bloody game. Yeah. You know, so There's soft toys of it knocking about the place. Yeah, board game um, version and film rights and terrible. all sorts. Yeah. yeah, you won't like me when I'm angry, birds. Let's just call it our secret weapon. The government's been developing it for years. It's just a slingshot. Don't you ever call it just a slingshot. Billions of dollars in R&D. This will change modern warfare as we know it. Blue for multiples, black for stones, yellow for distance, and white when you're in a bind. Take the shot! Target's not clear! Doesn't matter, but sir, the target's not- Take the shot, soldier! Penetrable fortresses made of wood, glass, stone. Sometimes there's dice, maybe dominoes, I don't really know, it's something with numbers on it. It's not a case of necessarily the iPhone and and all that can, you know, continuing to be something that can... I think it's more about the mobile gaming as such, it's not necessarily what the platform is, it's more to do with you know, mobile gaming taking off. I mean, yeah, arguably, anything could have could have could have managed that absolutely but angry birds is the in fact angry birds actually did rubbish for the first six months i don't actually know what it was that suddenly you know if you pardon the pun catapulted it to the big time was but it free it, for a it, day or i don't know it, it was it did it, it did was nothing. at one point yeah it did absolutely no business really at all. Yeah, it, the first six months, and then I don't quite know what what happened, but it just it just shot up. That may be you may have mentioned actually probably a very good argument for putting it in because one of the things that you know um, Paul like myself was in early with um, you know with iPhones and and, yeah. and the App Store. Um, what Angry Birds was one of the first of one of the first games to do was this kind of um, race to zero concept, you know, where initially games were coming out at sort of two, three, four quid, and then they slowly came down, and then they sort of reached a sort of happy medium of about one pound ten, and then all of a sudden everything started becoming free or. You know, or 59p. It was 59p at the time, wasn't it? And then, and then, and then, but then regularly having being given away for nothing. So it's like almost like every two weeks you could get it for free. And Angry Birds was one of the first to really do that. And I, I've seen some statistics from um, Epic. Yeah. Epic. Oh, was this Chair? Yeah, Chair. Basically saying that yeah. when they lowered Infinity Blade over um, the next to nothing, yeah, it they sold quadrupled the amount of what money they made on making. <clears throat> 
It, it, it made so many more times than yeah. uh, Shadow Complex, an actual yeah. huge game that they made for the XBLA. I, th- I think it's an expectation thing because there, you know, when Infinity Blade it was, I think I think I paid like four quid for it. Four but in in, yeah, in terms of uh, in terms of the audience, that they would look, people would look at like, oh my god, that's like that's the equivalent of fifty quid for a game uh, <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> And that's no no exaggeration there. I, I mean, I, I follow this stuff uh, fairly closely, and I, I follow sites like Touch Arcade, where the hosts of the podcast regularly joke about the fact that, you know, they'll, they'll say, oh, this game's, a, uh, you know, a, like, a, like $3 or something, and they'll jokingly say, oh, my God, that's way too much. How can we cope, you know? And that, that's what the audience, unfortunately, is like. So there's an expectation over over the price of these things. It's, 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 it's why, you know, people sort of, um, with Angry Birds trilogies out on, uh, you know, the 360 and all that next, I think next week, and you can get it for about 25 quid, and people think it's absurd, uh, the, the, the price of that, but it's, it's, it's a totally different expectation of what uh, you should pay for something, because the audience on, for, you know, your typical audience for iOS game would not expect to pay you know, 25 quid for those three games combined. It's just, it's just not going to happen, whereas it, it's generally seen as a bit more a bit more there's more expectation for that to happen i suppose it's a pricing thing and it, it it slightly irks me a bit because i mean from an actual gameplay point of view there's a hell of a lot of content in in angry birds and, and it's and it's sequels um and spin-offs uh, and i i i constantly i feel that some people kind of don't really get them i mean i i love i love them uh, I, I don't know why that is exactly i don't quite don't quite know what it is exactly but um uh, but then again, a lot, it, a lot of people, because it's popular or just because they don't like the concept of it, they, it's, it, gets a lot of, it gets a lot of people's backs up. That's what I find. It's quite mm. interesting, actually. But it gets people's actually, backs up for the, for the same reason something like Farmville does, although obviously Angry Birds is much more of a game than Farmville yeah. is. But it, it's for the same reason. It's very popular, and there's not, yeah. much, there's not much clever to it. If, well, I, I, there's a lot I, of clever I, marketing I, I, to I, I, it. I'd slightly disagree. I think farm with farms people's backs up because it's exploitative. I'm not sure Angry Birds is exploitative. I'd give it that. No. It's not exploitative. The Mighty Eagle costs how much? 69p. Hey. Although they have introduced power ups recently, which is, uh, fun enough, is a is a knock on effect from the Facebook version. So there yeah. you go. It's a ra- it's a small. It's, it all goes round in a circle, doesn't it? But, but so. what it did do, it was very, very successful on the back of, aside from pro, a bit of clever marketing in terms of pricing and in terms of yeah. character design. On the back of, not, I mean, there's there's game developers out there who've had to work for a long time on games to make them successful and make them good. And Angry Birds was it, it, probably because of slightly the right place, right time success factor that got people's back up because what did they do to deserve that success more than anyone else is I guess what I mean. A bit like Farmville, there was a, there was a Facebook game waiting to do the same and it happened to be Farmville. Um, with Angry Birds, I think it, it's it's a tough one because as, as much as it's it, it was the iOS game everyone points to, and I think, Gary, when you're talking about um, the the guys from from Ocean pointing to Angry Birds. If you are an iOS developer, if you are an independent game developer, and iOS is a platform you're thinking of, Angry Birds. A bit like if you're an indie game developer, Braid is the poster child. Angry Birds is the poster oh. child because you're talking about success. 
It's not yeah. necessarily about whether the well, game's good or what they did. When they do their investor pitch yeah. and they say, we want, we want £200,000 to develop a game, we're going to be the next Angry Birds, is what yeah, they're going to exactly. tell them. Yeah. But that's yeah. about success and aspiration. That's not necessarily about anything yeah. that the game I think did. the cultural impact alone puts yeah. this, makes this a shoe-in, as much yeah, as okay. yeah. it's not... It's not necessarily the importance of the game in this 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 instance, as to the, the sort of cultural influence the games have. Yeah. Again, this cultural influence can't keeps getting played, but I think that's that's what a lot this of this comes down to. One. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so right, we'll say yes on Angry Birds. Um, Can I just say I I I'd personally be putting a no. Okay. Uh, duly noted. <laughs> just want to put that out there. Okay. Uh, there will be many many people who agree with you. Ten. I'm interested to see who's really going to be in this one's court. Starcraft Two from July 2010. This should be our last one. I'm not sure. I think this is, here. is the dodgiest of, of them all, probably. Yeah. This is the one that's like that. Like maybe six people fought till their fingernails were bloody on the. Ten-page-long thread. Yeah, but if, if, if you ask podcast. about influential albums, there'll be ten people who will fight until they are literally corpses. That Rush should be in there. Yeah. It doesn't mean they should be in there <laughs> just because you've got die-hard fans. I think why this is in here is it's the esports it, angle. Two things. Well, three things then actually. Esports. It it typifies and is now the the sort of it's at the vanguard of the the modern day esports. After yeah, after fighting games, kind of were always there, but they never really were, were mainstream or t- no one really took any notice necessarily yeah, outside yeah. of the close community. The, the other thing it did was it brought, and well, again, this is debatable, it maybe brought a resurgence to RTS games. Uh, you know, we've got XCOM being made again. XCOM yeah. would not have been a first-person shooter, let alone the new Hold on, RTS. I, I, I disagree with both your points, too. <laughs> yeah, I no, I'm, I'm saying this is why it's here. I'm not saying I think it should be because of that. No, I, I, no, I don't think StarCraft has anything in common with XCOM at all. May uh, I quote no, no, no. B2K from the... Uh, just because just I wanted to get... Just get one soundbite from the forums on this one. And it's actually anti-StarCraft 2. Okay. Uh, I contend that StarCraft 2 should not be included uh, as it is the evolution of a set of circumstances started by its predecessor. Everything the sequel does is a continuation of what the first started, making it not the important title, but an expected sign of progress of both the game's mechanics and the reach of esports as a whole. Totally agree. And and also, <laughs> because the esports scene was huge with the original StarCraft yeah. up until uh, about three or four months after StarCraft 2 came out. And the reason that it didn't have mainstream Western coverage is because it was perceived to be a ten-year-old game that no one was interested in. Yeah. So all that StarCraft 2, good as it is, really achieved was by having current generation graphics, it was easier then to market that televisually yep. to uh, a western audience but in in mm. korea and stuff it was massive yeah oh yeah absolutely and, um, and, and to, to your point james about bringing up 
back. N- no, RTS has been going quietly yeah, in the background okay. since, since StarCraft. I, d- so I don't see any resurgence since well, it's come to the fore again. If anything, just... it's killed it because no one wants to compete with it. Since yeah. StarCraft 2 came out, there's been no RTSs. Okay, of let, me, let me just quickly run through the three points I think it's here. I'm not saying they're why I think it should be there because I, I don't particularly. But the three reasons I think people will want it on here are, mm. first of all, it, it whether or not uh, esports were, were already a successful thing, which they were, it brought it to mainstream. And, and all right, we're talking about gaming press and that sort of thing. It brought it to the West, so it got a lot of notice. And there are a lot of people who would not be involved. People we know it, as podcasters who would not be taking any notice of esports if it wasn't for StarCraft Two. So it got a lot of attention for that. Whether or not that should have had attention previously, I, I don't know. But um, the other thing it did was, when I say RTS, is I'm talking about. I don't think XCOM, uh, when it's released next week, it's next week, I think, um, a couple of weeks' time, I don't think that would be being made if it wasn't for StarCraft having done the numbers it would. I I honestly don't. I think what it's done is, again, a bit like World of Warcraft, a bit like Angry Birds, it has shown the financial viability of strategy games. Yes, strategy games were always going, but the third point I'd like to make and again, it's perception, it's not reality. Because mm. when you're talking strategy games, Total War series was doing perfectly fine. You know, there are plenty of series of games that were strategy games, turn-based or, or real-time, mm-hmm. that were doing perfectly well. StarCraft II just shone a light on them again. It gave them a figurehead, if you like. PC games. Uh, that PC games wax and... Or PC... The perception of PC gaming waxes and wanes with the consoles. When the consoles are on their downswing in the generation, PC gaming takes the four again. And StarCraft II and Civilization V seemed, to me certainly, that's when I wanted to get hold of a PC that could play games because those were two games that came out in the summer of 2010 that I would need a PC to play. And since then, a lot of people have been getting back into PC gaming from the people I talk to. A lot of people we know have bought PCs and got back into PC gaming, and it seems to have started with StarCraft II and Civilization V. So I'm not saying that I think it should be here, because honestly, I don't. I think it's about perception as much as anything, and it's about good marketing on Blizzard's part as much as anything. And I think they've made... a put an aura around StarCraft 2 and convinced people it's that important and I'm not sure it is but I think those are the three reasons why Blizzard would argue it was and why some people might argue it was I would counter this we're going to get onto the other list now in a minute aren't you Um, what I'm going to do just so you guys know (laughs) uh, I'm going to give because we are now approaching the three hour mark uh, in the recording it's two hours fifty four I'm going to give us ten minutes to replace whatever (laughs) Empty spaces we have in our list. Right. Currently, Rock Band is the contender, and whether or not we get StarCraft 2 in, there may be two spots. Um, we have got 10 minutes, that's one minute per game, <laughs> to basically argue in favour of this over the other two. Because otherwise, we could just talk for three more hours on these 10 excellent games. Well, let me and throw frankly, one in. All of these better than, these, than half let of this fucking list. Let me throw <laughs> one in there now, then, because yeah. there are what? I don't know what, is 17 million people playing Minecraft? Mm-hmm. On a on a regular basis, I would probably Over StarCraft Two. I think there are more people playing Minecraft on a regular basis than StarCraft Two. Much as people enjoy it, much as esports is you know big, I would argue there's more people who play 
green bowls of a weekend than actually well, play StarCraft. As you mentioned it, Dell B2K left another contention <laughs> yeah. on the, uh, uh, the forums. I suggest that Minecraft should be included in the main 10 because it was the first mainstream crowd-funded title and has brought in a level of creativity matched with gameplay that plays almost perfectly as a singular whole. The ability to express yourself by what you do and how you do it, both alone and with friends, has allowed everyone a chance to design a world that is their own without having to learn complicated tools or use a completely different mode. Yep. Now, to challenge that, I would say this game came out last November. There is not time yet to really chart its influence and its impact but but it didn't i mean it's, it's been out for since yeah, 2008 yeah. official release long. last november but it's yeah. been out a long time and, okay. and people have been talking about how to do what minecraft does for a long time the only yeah. thing when people talk about starcraft 2 they talk about emulating is its financial success frankly yeah. oh and if you want to look for minecraft, go to xb xbox live indie games Right now, Mi- Minecraft. Yeah. There are people so talking. Many Minecraft clones. There are people talking about what narrative is in Minecraft. I mean, that's a game without narrative, arguably. But how to what what storytelling is in Minecraft, and how mm. to create that kind of um, that kind of social narrative that can be built up. Looking at another on the contender list, Little Big Planet. It tried to do what Minecraft is doing, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Minecraft. Uh, as far as any, I just keep saying Minecraft. We we need to look at a list of contenders, but Minecraft amongst those ten is yeah, clearly one. the one that okay. stands out. Okay, right. No, I, I completely disagree. I completely oh, disagree. I'm, gonna, I'm sorry. I think Bioshock stands out. We've all been looking at this. Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. <laughs> hang on. We've right. all we've all been hang on. We've all been looking at this at like a real sort of sad kind of led impact. I know we you said at the beginning to Alex, it's not sales. Bioshock wasn't super, super successful sales-wise, but in terms of impact on how narrative has been handled in this generation, agency, um, how, how storytellers are leading players down their games, there's no other game as influential. Where there, you know, games have taken huge in story because of this game. Right, okay, well, tell you what. I second that as well. Let's streamline this. Okay, anyone think that StarCraft Two should be on this list of ten? No. 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 Nope. Okay, it is now off the list of ten. I am making it red, which puts it in direct jeopardy up against the rest of these. Rock Band (laughs) slash Guitar Hero 3 are on the fence, and they are both green. So let us now take ten minutes to go through the the final... I'm going to say eight, because... I mean, no, nine, because we'll we'll talk about Minecraft at the very, very end. Okay? Because I think... I'd like to talk about Minecraft as well. Right. So... Start my stopwatch. So, you know, take as long or as short as you like on these next ones. And some of them, unfortunately, are stacked. <laughs> so, as in, we've got three very similar kinds of game in one spot. So, ready, go. Oblivion, March 2006, or Fallout 3, October 2008, or Skyrim, November 2011. Yay or nay? No. I, think, I think those are, are refinements and expansions on what Elder Scrolls, Elder Elder Scrolls, Scrolls. had done previously. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they... Uh, yes, there are games trying to ape what those are doing now. I don't think those are the ones that laid the groundwork for that. They've had okay. a surge, but no impact. Yeah. Uh, anyone pro? No. no. Okay. Moving on to... Let's skip Bioshock, because you clearly have a lot to say about that, and we'll save the big ones for the end. Right, Portal, number three. It's October ha- 2007. 
it's had a big impact on Valve, I think. A mm-hmm. lot of us hold it in high esteem. I don't see its legacy yet. No. I, I see a few indie games that are trying to do similar things. I don't see its legacy over any other indie game that we would hold up as... And let's uh, not forget as, <clears throat> that it wasn't the only one to do that mechanic either. It was, no, it was, no, absolutely uh, not. That it's drop. No, back killer drop. And also Prey also did. Yeah, Prey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, one more case for StarCraft Two being uh, put on here. This is uh, Midge Meister's review. <laughs> um, StarCraft Two is a maze balls, best RTS ever. Esports has changed my life, that is all. I'm favorite games don't that's, make them important games. No, you, said <laughs> you just consigned its fate, I think. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, right, definitely not on StarCraft 2. And that's going to really upset quite a lot of StarCraft fans. But like I said, the, the jury's spoken. We're not a democracy, but if none Let's of us think it, it should if, be in there. If any of us were picking our favorite games, favorite 10 games from this generation, the majority, if not all, of the list so far would not be on there. So yeah. it's not about yeah. favorites. No, okay. Not. okay uh, next one, Geometry Wars Two, July two thousand eight. This one for the the point that this was one of the first games that um, actually set you up against your friends and directly said, "Hey, your mate's got this score. Can you beat him?" Why not jump the arcade Wars in Xbox Live Arcade? Did that actually happen in Geometry Wars One? Yeah, no. <laughs> the, the leaderboard not, not on screen, not on. No, it's not more during the game. Okay. As in, like, the, as it happens, in, it's to do with it's. It's happening yeah. actually as you're playing. Yeah, as real time. Yeah. Trials HD and Trials. Yeah, yeah. yeah which, HD, follow, which followed on. Which followed on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Geometry Wars Two was released before Trials HD and, um, and Championship Edition DX. Is there also not an argument around yeah. achievements. Yeah, I'd agree with that as well. It was one of the first games to really get achievements right. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, should we? I mean, does that actually put it, make it a case for for being on this ten? Achievements have been huge. Mm. It's also oh. a, a, it's an example of um, one of the you know earliest big successes. In well, in fact, it's it's original game is probably a better example, but of um, you know big successes on the on the console stores. Uh, you know, before that, obviously. Yeah, I mean, aside from having some arcades. Was Chumish Wars 2 Summer of Arcade? Uh, was July, so it's about the right time of year. It's the yeah. first one, yeah, with the first one. Yeah. 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 I think um, there's okay. a case for it. There's a ca- <laughs> yeah. Right, we will come back to the ones which they've got clearly got a case. Right, next one Street Fighter 4, July 2008. It reinvigorated the fighting genre, but it was Street Fighter 2 done with fancier graphics. Mm, yeah. Unless I'm wrong, that's what I took it as whenever I played it. And very few other real, like, 2D fighting games have followed which have had as big an impact and fighting games never went away it's a bit like Starcraft 2 fighting games were always there it's just this was the comeback Soul Calibur keeps coming out I I love Street Fighter 4 and I can put it on this list no no okay uh, Little Big Planet as you said before I think James's argument that you know if you're going to put Little Planet on this list you have to put Minecraft I think Minecraft did it better yeah I I think the big ideas but Oh yeah, I think the argument for Little Big Planet is very, very weak because it's had no, virtually no influence on. No other games have really tried to do it. The only other one was EA's Create, which, which unfortunately bombed, even though I loved it. Um, and and uh, Little Big Planet has Mod Nation races. Yeah, which didn't do too well. In fact, the, the, Little Big Planet doesn't sell huge numbers. No. So the, yeah. the issue is that Sony yeah. tried to launch an entire type of game on the back of Little Big Planet, Planet share. and it yeah. didn't. Happen, it didn't, it didn't share doesn't because exist. it just became a friggin' way of getting cheap trophies. But it, it, it ended up being built into levels. all sorts of other games in different ways. You know, if I'm looking at a game about that's about creation, mm. Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, frankly, yeah, 
did that, you know, Minecraft is, is the one that goes on. In yeah, place Minecraft the is the pinnacle yeah. of that, yeah. Okay, yeah. right. So the next two, now these ones <laughs> are pretty <laughs> sacred. Okay. Flower, February 2009, or Journey, March 2012. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Journey. No, I would say um, we yet I to see whether Journey has... Yeah, Journey has enough time. I think Journey has the potential to be hugely influential for the next generation, but... That it is wonderful is indisputable, but well, yeah. Well, I'm thinking more along the lines of how it approached uh, narrative. narrative in a multiplayer context. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming but, it's gone to the because of kind of being thought of being at the forefront of the indie art game movement, but is it really? Is that true? Wasn't Braid kind of there too? Braid was suggested as well. I was actually going to stack it in there as well, but I figured that Flower and Journey actually had... Um, the thing there's is, no excuse. Braid should be on this list as well, but one of them had to go. If, if you're putting Journey on, it's presumably because of the multiplayer, the fact you're playing with someone you don't know, I would argue that aspect of things has been coming for a long time. I would argue games like Demon's Souls yep. played with different ways of doing multiplayer than we usually see. I think Journey handled it and brought narrative into it, sure, but I don't think we know if that's had any impact no, yet. We, and we can't talk about how Flower is influential. It isn't yet, mm-hmm. not um, really, let's face it. We want it to be. It's unique. Uh, it's still just about, I think it's fairly unique. I don't think there are other games, I don't think there are other developers doing what what has been done with Flower. Seven minutes, mm. we've got yeah. three left. <laughs> okay, um, I say, yep. I would just quickly say, I, I would say it did kind of signify that Sony and Microsoft were willing to let those games you know, be published on their, on their Xbox yeah. Live. And to showcase them. Yeah. So there, there is something in that, but I, I still wouldn't put it on the list. Yeah. Braid, I mean, yeah, Braid for Microsoft actually did kick off a series of very clever platformers and, like, you know, showcasing every year something because then Limbo came afterwards. And so it's, yeah, similarly influential on the download XBLA type games. But. And Summer of Arcade, because it was the, you know, it was most people thought one of the yeah. best of the first Summer of Arcade and made the Summer of Arcade viable, which in turn. You know, Microsoft do that two or three times a year now, two times a year. Um, yeah. You know. But. Okay. Next one, Mass Effect 2, taking the existing slightly clunky action system of the uh, RPG that was iterating on Knights of the Old Republic in Mass Effect and turning it into a Gears-style shooter accessible to loads and loads of people and also incorporating some pretty hefty narrative that you could actually control. They tried to do that with Mass Effect in the first place, though. Mass Effect 2, they pushed it even more towards a shooter, but mm. I, I, again, I don't see its effect. I think merging shooter with RPG had already happened by that point. Bioshock mm-hmm. started doing that way earlier. That had three, happened. three years earlier. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah. So I, I don't see it. I love Mass Effect 2. I don't see it. Anyone else? I completely agree with James. No, okay. no, no, I agree as well. I think it's it's influential in in, and in terms of presentation. I think ever since yeah. the first yeah. Mass Effect, the way that dialogue has been presented in video games has changed. Yeah. You don't no longer get these kind of wooden face people staring straight at you. But yeah. uh, other than that, I, I, you know, great as the games are, I don't think unless that, you're playing a friggin' Bethesda game. Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, you, well, no, to be in, in in Skyrim, they've they've changed it slightly. But, a little bit, but you know, when you're wandering <laughs> on the street, like, let me guess, someone stole your sweet roll, and you talk to someone else, and he's got the same voice. Okay. <laughs> um, so that's a nay for Mass Effect 2, Paul. 
I've never played it. I've no, I've no view on it. Yeah, you should. It's really good. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> then the last one is Minecraft. Right. That's the ten-minute mark. So, what we have to decide now is Bioshock, Guitar Hero 3, Geometry Wars 2. Right. First off... Okay, right. First off, we have to establish whether or not Rock Band or Guitar Hero 3 or nothing go into slot number 5 in terms of music, rhythm, action game, because we can at least get that out of the way. I contend that music, rhythm, action was huge as a result of at least one of these games this generation. I think the biggest problem is that it's not around now in the same yeah. guise. I mean, it's oh, dance, the dance game. I, I, st- I still think... I, I would maintain they were the peak of this. Yeah, I still think earlier. Guitar Hero and Guitar Hero 2 started it. And unlike something like Call of Duty, I don't yeah. think 1, 2, or 3... They, sure, they were they were foundations for 4, but I don't think they started the craze in the way 4 did. Whereas with Guitar Hero 3, that was so anticipated, and Rock Band as well, because of the success of Guitar Hero and Guitar Hero 2 previously. Right. So, um, right, just to clarify, which does that make a shoe-in for when we do the Generation 6 show? Is it SingStar or Guitar Hero 1 or 2? Both. I, both. I, I think you can make an Seriously? argument. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. I'd go with that. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so Paul, I mean, this is going to be heartbreaking for you because it's your favourite goddamn game series of all time. That's, that's not a reason to keep it in, though, is it? I, yeah. mean, I, I, I still Thank think, you. I still think it personally should be, but I think I've been outvoted, so I don't really think as much I can really add. Well, it's not that. a democracy, but ultimately, um, it's. I'd also, it's yeah, logic. yeah. I mean, I, I still think I still think there are there are things about what Rock Band did that uh, I just don't I, I, I'm sorry I just I don't see that SingStar did prior to that I really don't see it at all but uh, having played both of them fairly extensively uh, but at the same time yeah I, I don't think I don't think you know it's necessarily uh, it's I don't think my argument is particularly strong in that regard actually despite the, despite the fact that I still think it I think it had a I think there were things about it that had a huge impact this generation, but I don't think it's quite enough. Uh, although, you're, you're, I, by the sounds of it, we're about to stick in Minecraft, a game I failed to see the appeal of. So, <laughs> so um, you know, go, go figure. It might not be a shoe-in, Paul. There are three choices and two slots now. <sighs> okay. And bearing in mind, folks, we are now at the three hours ten mark. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so sorry. Three hours. Yeah, sorry, listeners. Yeah. We can't actually. Well, no, I'm just, it, I think it's nearly a new day. <laughs> it's such an important oh. scenario. It's, we're not just waffling on at this point. This is actually a really important conversation. I think people are going to get a kick out of this show. I really do. But I, we had to I, decide. I apologize to listeners for my croaky voice. It's uh, <laughs> that's okay. You sound like Eddie better. Okay. Right. So two slots, three games. Bioshock, August 2007. Geometry Wars, July 2008. Minecraft, November 2011. I, I, Bioshock is my favourite game of all time. I think what it does with story and shooter and RPG elements blend together, I think is fantastic. I think the design of it is unparalleled, quite frankly. But 
I don't. Uh, its impact. I want to, Sinan, if you could convince me of its impact, because uh, when I look at it, I, I see like singularity. I don't think Deus Ex: Human Revolution would have been made if not for Bioshock. I, as much as that that game obviously is. What about System Shock? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but um, I I can't point to as many games as I can for some of these others and uh, say that well, is. Well, frankly, a Deus Ex actually was playing yeah. that somewhere. I mean, I. I mean, I would I would support um, Sian's argument by basically saying that I think since Bioshock, first-person shooters are falling into one or two camps. Either they go down the Modern Warfare 4 route or they go down the Bioshock route. Um, but not the Halo route? No. No? No. Even Halo's actually started going more down the Modern Warfare route with, uh, yeah. with Reach. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I would geez. even say, even with games, I would say games like Crisis 2 are, are almost going down the Bioshock route. Because mm. of the way they blend um, sort of supernatural mechanics into the, so I felt the Crisis gameplay. Two was very like Halo. Yeah, I wouldn't say so because did a whole episode on it. It's more. I, I think it has a lot more in common with Deus Ex. Um, and Deus Ex: Human Revolution has a lot in common with Bioshock. I just started playing that again. That's a quality game. It seems to be that you know that those are the two. If you're going to bring out a first-person shooter now, those seem to be the two benchmarks at which they try to base and Modern War and Modern Call of Duty. Yeah. Now they may try to sort of do mashups between the two and Magic. you know include you know science fiction rather than mm. you know um, steampunk, but ultimately those are the two routes that first-person shooters might take now. So does that mean that this list of ten should have Gears and Modern Warfare and Bioshock on it? If we're talking shooters, not, those are three... Well, first-person shooters ha- are, have been huge this generation. Yeah. I'm right? astonished that we still can't put music on there, though. <laughs> I, just, I, I can't believe you guys. Seriously. I, can, I contend Bioshock fitting any description. Three shooters, no music. Are you mental? Well, what's, what's around now? Shooters or music? Exactly. No, because that was because music was this generation... It started last generation, but it exploded this generation. So, not me. Someone else used the term exploded. You can't say it exploded and didn't have a huge impact. Who else had plastic crap in their house? Who still does? I still maintain that things still. That, that's the, imp- that's the influence of last generation. I, I had two guitars in my house before this generation started. Okay, but uh, no, what I, it was just to, to illustrate the point that we're actually going yeah. to suggest putting there three shooters. There were 23 SingStar games released last gen. <laughs> oh, last year? Last gen. Oh, last gen. Yeah. Yeah. Here's two only. <laughs> okay. Okay, so uh, my, my only issue is that when I think of games that literally are taking the Bioshock mold, I mean, Dishonored is coming out next month. It would yeah. not exist if not for Bioshock. They okay. can point to Thief, they can point to any other game they like. Deus Ex is a big influence. Bioshock makes it viable. Um, Deus Ex Human Revolution, yeah. I think Bioshock makes it, it viable. I just don't see the, the sort of legacy we're talking about. I don't see companies falling over themselves to try and make a Bioshock. Hang on, does it have to be an impact and a legacy that actually does last, though? Or does it just have to be a very big impact? I think it has to be a bit of both. I think you have to be able to see that it's, 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 it's had an impact either culturally or on games that have followed, 
or it's or it's had a, an influence which meant that games that have followed have changed forever. And I, I do, I do. People don't use cassette tapes anymore. Oh, hang on, that's a stupid. No. But I mean, to, just to, oh, just to go back to your argument about you know, there's no music games on there. There's no open world games on there either, and open world games have been massive this generation. Yeah. No sandbox games. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, same no, thing. But, but again, but they are generation. They are based on DNA from the previous generation. Yeah, it's GTA and it's GTA and Elder Scrolls from previous generation that. Yeah. And I think that's the same with music games. Unfortunately, much popular as they've been, the uh, DNA comes from the last generation. Can I also say I think we're getting kind of bogged down and. As Bioshock affected other shooters, I think it's affected other games. I think yeah. in terms of how it, 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 it like I said, it's it discussed agency and how it tried to change storytelling because it did. It did try to change storytelling. Yeah. Um, you know that that bleeds into other genres. The fact, so you're saying the fact that it's a shooter is kind of irrelevant. It's the fact that it was telling a story in a very specific way, which has influenced yeah. other games. The shooter I mean, is simply the. the that's what I was going to say. This is the thing that's just we point to because that's the that's what the gameplay most closely resembles. But it's not about gameplay Bioshock. Okay, right. not really. Anyway, I don't think. So, Geometry Wars 2, can we, like, yay or nay this one? Because ultimately, if we can nay one of them, then that's our list sorted. For me, it's a toss-up between Geometry Wars 2 and Minecraft for their final slot. Okay, so duke it out then, folks. I'm still woolly as to what it is particularly about Geometry Wars 2 we're pointing to rather than Geometry Wars, because if we're talking downloadable games, Geometry Wars is the one that everyone got when they got a 360. Yeah. Right. If we're talking competing with friends, even oh, it wasn't on screen when you were playing, but Geometry Wars had a leaderboard on it. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Geometry Wars Two certainly had the better achievement. See, I no originally said that, Geometry Wars in my original list, and someone said actually it was Geometry Wars Two, who which had the um, the being the competing with your friends, which is of course correct. But yeah, leaderboards. It's the first ones who used leaderboards. It's the in yeah. your faceness of it. I think mm-hmm. that's yeah. the, di- the, the which is what followed with the following year. Trials HD did exactly the same thing. You have yeah. the thing across the top of the screen. You can see where your uh, friends, you know, where where they were in relation to you, and that's what Geometry Wars Two did. That's what. Can I mean, I just that's quickly the say Burnout Paradise. That was mentioned. Yeah, they did, did that. Well, yeah, well, quite quite a few games have, are kind of doing it now, yeah. haven't they? But. Yeah. It's it's a type of sort of um, asynchronous. Well, it's a type of asynchronous multiplayer because basically you're having a multiplayer game, yeah. but you don't yeah. have to be playing it at the same time. Well, it's, it's essentially racing ghosts in uh, in Mario Kart. Yeah, no, and games in the last generation. Well, but it actually, it really, it just ties back to the oldest, most primal gaming. Uh, you know, that's in video gaming, which is just going into the arcade and seeing the score names. Yeah. And going, right, I've got to beat ass, whoever that is. Yeah. And it's, only this time you know who that is because it's your mate and it's actually his score is there and his name is there. So whether it's Geometry Wars 1 or 2, decide. I'd rather have Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> so would I. But um, any... I'm I'm just woolly as to what the specific because Geometry Wars did it with a leaderboard. It wasn't the first game to do it with a leaderboard, but it's it, it, again at the start of Xbox Live. It it's, was it it's set a, a tone. It's a Xbox bit like Live. the Angry Birds argument in that yeah. it was the right game at the right time yeah. and it was yeah. out early on, on on those platforms that had downloadable games. And, and, so and it, if we're talking about having it in yeah. your face as you're playing, Burnout Paradise was six months before Geometry Wars Two. Yeah, right. so. That's the difficulty I have, and, and I love the, the even more 
sort of neon aesthetic of Jump Wars 2. And I can see, I can point to Pac-Man Championship yeah, Edition yeah, DX. That's exactly and, what I thought, yeah. Ga- yeah. You know, games like Frogger that. as well. Have you seen that? It's insane. Mm. So, so should we just say it's Geometry Wars 1 then? Can we all agree on that at least? On your contenders list. On the contenders list, yeah. Yes, but then I, I think the final spot should go to Minecraft. Yeah, mm. that, that yeah. would swing me to Minecraft too. Right. Minecraft uh, has its own yearly con, and all right, that's just because they decided to do that. But there are people who go across the world to go and sit with other people who play Minecraft. And that's not a barometer for how important a game is necessarily, but Geometry Wars doesn't have that. You know? Yeah. In terms of impact, it's a twin stick shooter, and there's yeah. quite a few other not, ones. Notch was on a panel at, at, at PAX just a couple of weeks ago talking mm. about narrative and gaming. The fact that a game like Minecraft should have people asking what it is about narrative in that game just bemuses me because Bioshock is the game I think of when I think of game narrative and yet the creator of Minecraft is being asked about narrative in gaming that is bananas to me but it's an impact that Minecraft has had going to say one word to you guys and just this will pretty much secure it on the the list Kickstarter that is now a thing and Minecraft was a huge aspect of that actually taking off because it was people put money into it and something very huge came out of that. And now there's Kickstarters for everything. So that's influence right there writ large. And I can't believe it wasn't on the first 10 originally. I just had all the StarCraft 2 people going, it's going to be StarCraft 2! I still think that even though the game released or was first being you know, made two, four years ago, mm-hmm. it, only really came to the fore last year in terms yeah. of yeah, mainstream or media attention. And it, yeah. it is, whilst there are tons of Me Too's, it is a bit difficult to gauge how influential it's been. Yeah, it's Kickstarter argument aside. But that Kickstarter argument is pretty key. And the, the Kickstarter argument is what it did before last year. Right. People started to see people buying into what was, I mean, even before it was a beta, people mm. were buying into it and yeah. buying into a game before it was a game before it was a, anything more than an idea really right I mean I'm and getting involved convinced. in the development of it because people playing it before it actually was finally released was instrumental in the way they decided to change the game and what they decided to make it and I mean even from a technical point of view it's written in Java you know it, it's a yeah it's, it's a very a open it's platform. an eight kilobyte download, yeah. <laughs> and then you it's, just run the client. It's on many ways, on you know, uh, you know, look at many attributes of Minecraft. They are unique and, in some ways, groundbreaking in what it's actually done. Um, as you said, whether that's influential, I think it's a little bit early to tell still. But in terms of its importance, I think it's it's extremely important for how games are going to be developed in the future and and. You know, a, a kind of different way of doing things uh, to the, the the current two standard models, which is the, yeah. the sort of AAA titles and the and the sort of freemiumware um, tripe-like. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the other thing is, well, people have been trying to make this kind of game for a, for a long, long time. Yeah. Time. So then, and for this one not, to take off, let's not forget of its influence. Lego now make Minecraft sets. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And Minecraft is, is Lego, for God's yeah, sake. It is. As Penny Arcade said. They've been playing we've been playing Minecraft since we were kids. 
Speaking of games that that might be considered influential, I don't know if the Lego <laughs> game is going to end up on the last gen, the, the previous gen list. But I, don't know. I suggested Lego Star Wars and got shouted down. I'm not even going to mention Lego it games started last gen, so they I think we'd have a gen, we'd have a yeah. nice argument for uh, for discounting it anyway. So what Lego Star Wars one for last gen? Yeah, we pretty well, much got. Uh, you guys all know what the last gen ones are now. So <laughs> <laughs> doing again. They're all the shoe ins. Okay, right. So, uh, are we, I mean, Paul, I've got to ask you about Minecraft, even though I know you don't. It's the least. It's chance in my it's possible. in my most overrated games I've ever played list. So I'm really and not I'm really not the person to yeah. ask about this. I I, I I I absolutely hated what I played of it. So I can't. I, I have no I have no view on it at all. The, the very phrase "rock band out Minecraft in" will <laughs> Well, no, it's, it's that's fine. That's fine. I've no problem with that. But I, 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 I can't. I, I have no idea what the appeal of Minecraft is. I don't understand it. it just it doesn't appeal to the way I approach things. Yeah. So I cannot. I played. I played the trial on Xbox Live uh, for a bit. I just went, "Oh God, it's one of those games, isn't it?" And just deleted <laughs> it immediately. I just. I, I know instinctively, it's absolutely the kind of game I hate. Yeah. Um, and so there isn't really anything I can actually say about it. Um, and I, I actually have no idea uh, what its importance is, its influences might be, because it's just an area of games I've just, n- I've just no interest in. Yeah. So, but you're are you behind uh, at least Bioshock? I, I'd be more behind Bioshock. Um, the geometry was uh, kind of don't really kind of eh, right. a bit a bit male on that but um yeah bioshock i could i could certainly right. argue uh, i could certainly i could certainly see that i'm just glad it i'm glad it that's been picked over fucking skyrim so that's all <laughs> <laughs> i really care about again overrated there we go um, skyrim used to be on the list uh, but then it took an arrow in the knee Bang. hey okay um i mean just the fact that that became a meme surely is enough to get it on there no okay, well the, right. the fact that skyrim's last dlc allows you to build a house and many people minecraft. say that's the influence yeah. of minecraft you know? um th- the other thing i would say no, I'd, I'd argue that's another reason to kick it off but <laughs> <laughs> the other thing i would say um about Minecraft is there's two things that well downloadable game we haven't really ended up with on the list when we're talking about games that sort of speak to a a movement through the through this generation Um, but the the other thing with Minecraft is there's been a a tendency through some pretty key games to to have to go onto the internet and read about games and discuss games with people and Minecraft certainly had that about it you needed a wiki so that you knew what you were what you had to do. I mean, literally, from the moment you were plumped into the world, where do I get the recipes? Diamonds? Were yeah, absolutely. How to find Dig. stuff? You know? <laughs> yeah, um, I tried. I got lava <laughs> on me for God's sake. I mean, I, I, I yeah, ended it's, up. It's odd that they, you talk about this as though it's actually a positive thing because I, I mean, I would regard that as a real, a real flaw, as having no fucking clue what's going on. But, I mean, but, that's yeah. one of the that's actually one of the most annoying things I found about yeah. a lot of modern games having no clue what I'm supposed to be doing. But, but good or bad, it's certainly a trend that's happening in in gaming. You know, I I posted a picture of a certain type of rock that I had no idea what it was when uh, when I got down to bedrock in Minecraft on Twitter, and within a minute, someone said to me, that's bedrock. You can't go below that. Oh, and right, okay, yeah. So that sort of social aspect of asking someone about the game, finding out about it, going to the wiki page or whatever it might be, Minecraft definitely speaks to that side of it. 
Leah Hader of, uh, of Dorkcast is going to be very happy this, this one edged on at the last minute. <laughs> but um, She told me about how someone had been bricked into his own house with obsidian <laughs> without access to a diamond tip, <laughs> thus <laughs> killing his game. I dig down. They d- yeah, no, no, they dug underneath the house after he was asleep and, and fr- like basically tiled him with obsidian. In with just in, just it enclosed him in an entirely obsidian box. And if he didn't have a diamond pick, he's yeah, he's screwed. Terrible. So that is why no one's getting into my Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I actually may, may do a, uh, a digital Gonzo on Minecraft at some point later in the, in the future, uh, but um, not this year. I've got the next fifteen planned out, and a lot of them include Lord of the Rings. Can I just go through this final ten then, as we have left it? Okay, World of Warcraft. Brain Age, Wii Sports, Gears of War, Bioshock, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, Wii Fit, Farmville, Angry Birds, Minecraft. And oddly enough, those games fit straight in to positions 5 and 10 in release order. That's just yeah. bizarre. That's bizarre, yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> the way it works. Okay. Right. So there you have it, folks. We have a final list. It's obviously not definitive, and clearly not all of us agree on everyone. <laughs> but the ten most important games of this generation would appear to be the above. I would like to warmly thank my four very patient, very diligent, very intelligent, awesome guests. Very tired. Being, very tired. <laughs> very ill. For being such good sports as well as fantastic talkers. Uh, now this is a golden opportunity to pimp those shows, gentlemen. And uh, actually, let's start with uh, Sinan. Uh, pimp your site. We, we may not have heard of it. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, I work for a... I've just started working at a site called joystick.com, which is a blog, a uh, games blog. We cover news, we do reviews, we events we'll be having Tokyo Game Show um, and yeah um, we do a podcast too so you can find us at joystick.com with a Q at the end instead of a CK everyone's heard of joystick why are you qualifying <laughs> because I don't want to sound Just like a pompous ass. <laughs> there's always going to be one person who, who tries joystick with a CK and, right. and misses the job and ends up at one of your competitors right um, so, uh, the voice of uh, James Carter do you want to go next uh, yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Kane and Rince. Um, okay, uh, well, a bit, a bit like Joystick. I'm going to put us in that league. Um, a, 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 blo- <laughs> <laughs> a, a blog about video games. We have uh, a weekly podcast. We've just finished uh, Volume 1, the first 50 issues. Um, we cover a different game. Ev- Thank you very much. Yeah, it's quite, quite momentous, really, because uh, obviously we all know podcasts don't always make it that far but um, we cover a different game or series of games every week and uh, talk about it in depth for what should be an hour and a half but sometimes runs a little longer Um, I can't believe people would run to three hours and thirty minutes this is is standard for you you, isn't it? Can, so, I, can I quietly uh, recommend um, episode 47 of Kane and Rince because that covers sword and sorcery and I think it's one of the best podcast episodes I've listened to this yeah, so actually, 47 swords and sorcery I should start doing that rather than saying pimp your show because Josh is on so often that everyone knows about Kane and Rince I should be saying look pimp a particularly good episode of your show Yeah. Uh, so I mean okay uh, any that you'd like to pimp yourself James um, in all honesty all 50 are great, but last week's episode I really enjoyed because it was on Borderlands. And oh, that game, even people who like it have to admit the flaws, and several of us like it. 
and had to admit the flaws. And nice. it got a really interesting discussion about what it is that makes Borderlands, if you like it, likable. Um, and it, we talked about some of the stuff we've talked about with World of Warcraft or Farmville today, what it is that makes a game, you know, compulsive or compelling to go back to, you know. Um, so that was really quite interesting, I thought. Um, yeah, and and do check out the Quick Rinse videos by some of my cohorts because they are funny and entertaining and give you a snapshot of a game in about 15 minutes to 30 minutes or so. Um, yeah, and check out the forum as well. And Gary's anterior blower, would you like to A, pimp your show, slash shows, uh, and uh, specific favourite episodes? Okay, yeah, so you can find me on Gameburst, which is uh, gameburst.co.uk, where we don't have a blog, but we do have two 30-minute podcasts each week. So I am extremely tired. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, sorry, This is like ten times longer than uh, I'm used to, and I'm old. Um, um, uh, The episode I would draw people's attention to was one that was uh, uh, first published, I think, on the 9th of August. So Mm -hmm. you may have to go back a little way in the old RSS feed. But uh, it was an interview with James Swallow, who was the lead writer on Deus Ex Human Revolution. And although I don't particularly like that game or rate him as a writer Jesus. it's a fascinating <laughs> so uh, he's rubbish but listen to him talk anyway well, it's a fascinating insight onto how writing a video game works okay um, especially as, as he's he's written novels based on franchises he has yeah sci-fi franchises well-known franchises and and so to get a lot of the questions that were asked were really interesting to hear his answers as to how he approaches that kind of writing yeah, it's, it's, it's a fascinating insight into how that all works Hmm. And Paul, Horses for Courses yeah. may not have a podcast to, to pimp of your own, but you like stuff. So tell us what we should be listening to or watching uh, that, that you like. Well, I don't have a podcast or anything like that, as discussed. Um, I, I, actually, I don't know. Well, you did mention the, um, the, the iOS podcast. For, oh, for right, yeah. I suppose, well, I, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yes, I mean, you could... You could I, I don't know, actually, actually I have no idea, because I, I don't necessarily think that would appeal to everyone. I, I'd honestly say that the um, you know, Kane and Rince and, uh, and uh, Game Burst are actually two, two of the most interesting ones out there at the moment. I'm not just saying that because you know, people <laughs> are on here, but that's, that's true as well. Also, check out a little known site called Joystick. That's, that's my... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my uh, <laughs> It's with, on the with, internet. With a queue? With a queue, that's the one. That's the one. I, I, it's, I, it's, it's very... No one's heard of it, so it's quite niche. So, um, mm. so no, I, unfortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm not affiliated with any podcast, sadly. So, as I said, I'm the Val Kilmer of this, uh, this episode. <laughs> Val Kilmer. Okay. I, I'm actually going to take an extra opportunity to uh, pimp my wife. Um, <laughs> she... Uh, she please, is just please re-record that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no um, sh- she'll laugh. She has just started uh, as a co-host uh, with uh, the aforementioned Leah Haydu and Matt Ramsey uh, on Dorkcast, which is the current incarnation of GamerDork, and it's turned into a, a massive what-you've-been-playing type show, but also what-you've-been-watching, what-you've-been-reading, and it's all discussion, and it's all chat between them. The first episode's just come out. She's just recorded the second episode, and it's 
great. It's really great to hear. It's kind of old school podcasting because now you know every podcast that kind of has to have an agenda exactly like this. Um, but this is 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 just chat, and and so many new tangents form from that, and they're such magnetic people that it, I just love listening to it already. So um, gonna say Dorkcast for those of you out there who would like to listen to that kind of thing. So next week. Actually, this Sunday, episode 101 is a review podcast for one of the best downloadable games of the year, and one of the least talked about, as far as I'm concerned, Mark of the Ninja. Check out the Photoshop competition on Gonzo Planet. You need to design an amusing DVD cover for a ninja-based sitcom, and uh, if you get the best, you will win yourself a download code for Mark of the Ninja. I think this one's only going to work with UK residents, though, although Americans... By all means, submit your ninja sitcoms. And the winner will be announced on that episode, which is released this coming Sunday. After that, next week, next Thursday, Digital Gonzo is going to be going on a musical outing with myself and James Batchelor of Game Burst and MCV magazine. It's a brand new show format called The Sound of Gonzo. For this first one, James and I have each brought along six pieces of music from films that are unlikely to get a Gonzo review anytime soon. We'll talk enthusiastically about each one in turn, the movies they're from, and the composers. I recorded it already with James. It's awesome. And that show will be up next Thursday. It will get you guys downloading stuff on iTunes and Amazon very quickly. That's all from us tonight. Remember to donate a little if you love the podcast. I will be back in ninja form this coming Sunday. Thank you very much again to my guests, Gary Blower of Game Burst. Thank you. Sinan Cooper of Joystick. Thank you very much. Paul Shotton of Gonzo Planet. Thank you. And James Carter of Kane and Rinse. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Digital Gonzo, episode 100. Here's to a hundred more. I've been Alex Shaw, and just because I haven't said it in a while and I'm feeling gamey, happy trails. We are the circus as it goes Abandoning the magician And sometimes the white clown who blows Great big bubbles all full of screams So why should I sing another love song? Why should I sing another love song? Days go by like drunken ships Sails bloated full of souvenirs And here we lay with broken lips As the sun comes and disappears So why should I sing another love? Why should I sing another love song? Why should I sing another love song? Why should I sing another love song? It seems whenever someone goes There is something to understand And you wave to me on the road Victorian goodbyes, little hand 
Exactly what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Right, now, Gary, um, Alex just, is trying to record you saying you're wrong, Gary. Don't yeah, do that's it. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Gladly admit it. Just told us. Yes. So um, whilst we were recording, I I grabbed my wife as she came upstairs to ask her about SingStar because I I couldn't remember why we had put the old SingStar discs in, and I for the life of me I thought it was because we were enabling games that we'd that were on the original SingStar discs and she categorically told me that that's not what we were doing it for and it's because uh, they wanted to play because this was her and um, her friend and her friend's daughter they wanted to play uh, PS2 songs they had on the PS3 version so yep. I am totally bogusly <laughs> wrong why they asked me to fiddle around downloading stuff I do not know but it was obviously nothing to do with the discs yeah. What it does is newer versions of the game have a catalogue sort of built into them, as I understand it. So what you can do is you can pick a track from an older SingStar and it'll ask you to put the disc in and you just swap in the old PS2 that disc. That probably can makes no, sense. No, it, it literally is just... you. you it, it asks you to swap the disc out. You take yep. it out, you put the PS2 disc in. All the tracks that are on the PS2 disc yep. uh, it populate the carousel thing and you mm. can then play them. That's yeah. literally all it does. Um, in fact, it, the patch was released... Roughly the same time that the uh, the, the announcement for the export for Rock Band One 
occurred. So yeah. okay, I, I am going to trust in this instance the truly world class expert vocalist <laughs> over people not, who are a little bit hazy like on this. Not, like, not with a throat. <laughs> no, no, no. You're only good for singing throaty renditions uh. of Dusty Springfield. But um, <laughs> you, you know your music games, so. And I am still grinding my teeth over not getting rock band or guitar here at well, 3 I again, you folks are mental, pop and pop. Well, you need to get your sixth generation show organised, then you can yeah. wax lyrical as much we as you like. I don't know, have you guys got four hours spare? <laughs> well, we've already done half of it. You need to give the forum at least a week to whip themselves into some kind of fury over which game's not going to get put on the list this time. It's been there since March! Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> For sake! Okay, so, uh, good night, folks. Yep, cheers, good everyone. Good night. Good night. Yeah, thank you very much. Good night, <laughs> good good night guys. And we are ghosts. <laughs>